My name is Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham. Using dedication, confidence, and respect, you have used great judgment in listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to go where you can see that troubles are all the same. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially on Christmas Day. Yes, this is a surprise bonus episode of Wrestling Cheers, where we like to go talk about things in the Northeast style independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. Yes, this is a surprise interview, and I'll get to a little bit more about that here in just, just one second. I am your host, I am Heavy Set, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network, NEM Sports Insiders, and MidwestTerritory.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Uh, find us on all your social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers, email if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we do have the merch store over at watermaneuver.net. Yes. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever you want to say. This is a bonus episode coming out today for you on Christmas Day. And well, if you looked at the title, I did not include what this episode's about because I wanted it to be a surprise. This is, well, I guess this is the official end of Sup Month. Hit number one. And uh, number two, this will be the first person, I don't say the first person to come back, but it's it's a weird thing that I've noticed in my head. How I'm ending this year, someone who's been on previously in the year, much like we started the year with our first interview with someone who was on, end up being on later on again in the year. So I'd like to bring on our special guest, and it is none other than Righteous Jesse of the Kick Out of Two podcast and Southern Underground Pro. How's it going, Jesse? Hello, Justin. Thank you for having me. And as I told Kevin Koo, uh, when I found out that I would be the surprise episode, I am also a Christmas present. And it feels damn good to be a Christmas present. But thank you for having me. I appreciate you doing this whole sub month. It, it's, it's really crazy. Not to like go on a tangent early on, but it's really crazy that, uh, a small company from Tennessee has, you know, you know, we, we've been featured on, the spotlight series we've been spe- featured on. I got your five stars, and you've actually dedicated a whole month to us. And you know, it it really does mean a lot, and we're we're extremely appreciative of it. So thank you. It's really funny because you know, this month truly wouldn't have happened without you. Not even the whole you know sub thing. Obviously, you know, if there wasn't no Southern Underground Pro, there would be no Southern Underground Pro month. And I want to touch on like the reason why you're here on the Christmas episode and. Um, about a year ago, we weren't seeing eye to eye, really, uh, more, mostly my fault. I blocked everybody from kick out at two. 
uh, block the kick out of two account, block the sup account, not only for my personal account, but from wrestling cheers account in January, after going to Ray Rose last show, Josh prohibition had a nice speech talking about burying the hatchet with people. And I was like, you know what? This, this beef I have with them is dumb. So let's just, you know, start over, bury the hatchet. And we went from being at odds with each other to now one year later, uh, we, you know, we've both been on now each other's shows. This is your second time on the show. And we've, we've really built a relationship like better than we originally had in the way I look at Christmas and, you know, Christmas day, it's a day where you're like sitting around the, the, the tree with family opening up presents and whether, you know, you're even, even in hard times. Cause I've had years where there's just been hard times. There's still that, that Christmas joy and like, we're, you know, kind of like, you know, peace, love to all your fellow man. I feel like that's the kind of year that we've had. So like you're, to me, you're the perfect guest to have on and just kind of like chick, kick back and chill and have all the fun conversations that we can have. Yeah, man. I mean, we're both adults and, you know, beef is for the most part dumb. And, you know, I feel like that's something we both realized as we've grown over the year. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy. I, I feel like we talk, you know, fairly regularly, almost weekly, whether it's, you yeah. know, through text or Twitter, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool. It's cool that we've, you know, been able to bear the hatchet. And it's funny that I guess it's funny how, just how full circle this is because you talked about how, um, Josh Prohibition gave that speech. Yeah. Um, and, I actually just finished up that two-part series that Josh Prohibition did <laughs> on The Card is Going to Change, and Josh Prohibition is actually a wrestler that I hold in the highest of regards because without him, uh, without him and Matt Cross, actually, I probably would have never dove, and I don't know like if this is something that they would be stoked on or kind of look down on, but like without them, <clears throat> I probably would have never gotten as into backyard wrestling as I did, yeah. which in turn would have not, I would have not trained to be a pro wrestler. And then literally none of this would have happened for me. So it's just, it's crazy just how full circle it goes and like how many layers there are to it. If you like really dig. <clears throat> also, I'm very sorry for any coughing and cleaning <laughs> in my throat. I'm That's still fine. getting over this horrible sinus infection that just won't go away. Have how much of like the backyard wrestling series did you watch? Oh, dude, I had every single DVD up in. I had, I think they did. I don't know if you technically. I think it's technically seven DVDs, uh-huh. uh, but like the sixth and seventh DVD were a double pack where it was basically just death matches from like IWA Mid South mm-hmm. and maybe CZW and like other shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had every single one of them. I had like all like. I had most of like the weird offshoots too. Uh, and it was always like a weird thing where Brett and I always wanted to be on those DVDs, but we never sent our stuff in for whatever reason. Uh, I think we were kind of discouraged because we were probably like between the ages of like 13 and 15. We're, I think in our heads, even though we watched them, we were like, they don't want stuff from like 13 or 15 year olds. And truth be told, it's probably best we didn't send in that early stuff. <laughs> uh, the stuff after we trained. Holy shit, that probably probably would have got a DVD of its own because we were doing some wild stuff. Do you remember or did you have the Passion for Pain DVD? 
Oh, that dude. So, uh, actually, another funny story. I did have that DVD, uh, and I watched that probably so much that it started skipping. Um, <laughs> but I actually went on Spotify today, uh, and I was looking for an Against Me EP called The Disco Before the Breakdown. And because of Josh Prohibition and Matt, Matt Cross, I found Against Me because The Disco Before the Breakdown was, I believe, the last song played on A Passion for Pain. Uh, and because of them, I found one of my favorite punk bands. And A Passion for Pain is, or I'm sorry, The Disco Before the Breakdown is not on Spotify anymore. And I was real bummed when I found that out today. The funny thing is, is I just got A Passion for Pain DVD in yesterday. Like, that's that's one of my favorite DVDs, but I, I never, or I didn't know about it until I went to my first independent show. And the first piece of merchandise I bought off a wrestler was from Matt Cross. I bought uh, Passion for Pain DVD, which it was just, you know, they he redid it. Like, he just printed out the packaging for it put it in a, in a DVD case and like deal with a uh, DVD-R for the actual DVD. And I thought that was just like what they threw together. Then I found out later, like, oh, that was an actual DVD that you could have bought. And I just bought, like, I think it was last week I bought it off eBay. It came with that and Volume 5. Turns out Volume 5 was the one DVD that I needed, not counting 6 and 7. And then ironically enough, I just looked up last night like what six and seven was. And it was basically what you explained that. Yeah. It's like, just like death matches from, you know, independent organizations. So, uh, it's funny because like, um, there's actually a gift circulating right now. I think it's, uh, JC Bailey and Madman Pondo in a circus death match. Yeah. Uh, where they come off a scaffold onto like just a net of barbed wire. And that's like circulating on Twitter right now. And the sooner I saw it, I was like, oh, that was on Backyard Wrestling 6 and 7. Like I watched that match probably hundreds of times yeah. just because it was so insane to me because there's just a net of barbed wire on the ring mm-hmm. and they hit so hard and bounce. And now like Connor Claxton's done that with trampolines and, <clears throat> and stuff in GDW. But just seeing that when you're like 13, yeah, it's insane. Like growing up, the only ones that I seen, I had a, an ex, like like obviously a girlfriend in high school, her brother had volume one and two on VHS and I got to borrow them. And I remember that's when I like first found out about this whole world. I never seen anything until years later and then all finding out everything, you know, about all these other DVDs and everything that still the, the passion for pain, the fact that it was, you know, M dog and Josh prohibition putting that thing together. Like they, it was basically jackass style. And I can't remember mm-hmm. if it was like before or after Jackets when they officially did everything. But uh, when I used to go to PWO slash Prime Wrestling shows when they were in Cleveland, uh, and obviously M Dog was there, I would always come up with signs that were a reference to that DVD. Like I c- created a sign one time that said Party Box. Uh, cr- oh, man, that's incredible. <laughs> I created another. Uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. I know I did one that said, like, Don't Come Home Bleeding. Which is technically a reference for Passion for Pain, but that was the title they wanted. I remember M Dog said on um, oh. the Art of Wrestling was like, "Don't like," because like his mom always said, "Like, don't come home bleeding." Um, there was another one that I'd have to look up, and it might have been the like the Hulk Hogan name that they had. 
You know, because oh, um, there was the Hulk Hogan Macho so, Man thing. And I can't remember if that was a sign or not. Those were hilarious. Exactly, man. <laughs> like, they found in like, okay, we're going to have all these like eras of when we were wrestling. And then we're going to just like throw in like us dicking around. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I remember him, Matt, telling me the story about how, um, if you remember, uh, they, they got one like exercise machine. Like one of those ones that kind of like shaped like a bike, but you can like pull it forward and like rise up and they put it in like a back of a pickup truck and like we're driving it yeah, around. Yeah, like the, the row machine or whatever. Something, something probably like that. It's been a while since I've watched it. Like since I bought an official DVD, I want to rewatch it. And I'm actually planning on having both M-Dog and J-Pro sign that just like my other copy. It's just, it's so awesome. I've even told people because he doesn't sell it anymore. I'm like, go online and buy it because... That DVD is awesome. It really is. And, like, if if I would have been in your area for those shows way back when, uh, and I saw you make signs in reference to A Passion for Pain, I probably would have been across the room from you at the next show with <laughs> a Hi-Ho Beaver sign because, for some reason, <clears throat> the Hi-Ho Beaver segments, just, like, Brett and I used to, like, reference them all the time. And I was always a chicken shit and afraid to try to split an apple with my teeth. Oh, it just yeah. seems like the worst idea, but I think it's Josh's brother that does that in the DVD Creeping Death. Uh, yeah, man, like, uh, fuck, what show was it? I think it was the first AIW show I went to was AIW vs. the World. Yeah. Uh, I'm not mistaken, that was Tommy End and Ray Rowe? Yes. I think that was the main event? Yes, that was. Um, I had actually reached out <clears throat> to Tommy End a few weeks before and asked him if we could do an interview. And he said, yeah. So after the show, I went up to him. And I was like, hey, man, like, I'm the guy you talk to on Twitter. Whenever you have time, like, I know you probably got to sell merch and change and stuff. And he was like, really cool. Uh, but while he was taking care of his stuff, I actually got to talk to Matt Cross and Josh at the same time. And I had met Matt before mm -hmm. in Nashville, um, but I hadn't met Josh yet. And out of the two, like, obviously no slight to Matt, but Josh was always my favorite. Josh was like, you know, Matt was like, he had like the, the fugu gimmick. Uh, and like the, the the rapper gimmick and Josh was like the more punk rock straight edge. Yeah. You know, and that's what I identified with more. Mm. Uh, that may have actually been how I found straight edge was through Josh. Um, but I like fucking like weird, like got weirdly like excited to talk to both of them at the same time. They like didn't even try to record anything. It was just like genuinely excited to get to talk to them and like tell them how much they meant to me. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm pretty sure I told Josh he was how I found Straight Edge, and then he was like, "Well, I hope it's not ruining the experience that I'm standing here drinking a beer." And I was like, "No, because I'm not Straight Edge anymore either." And we got to like laugh over that and talk. And uh, he, I was wearing a Ghost shirt actually, and he was like, "Is that a band?" And I was like, "Oh yeah." And he was like, oh, "I don't keep up with the music that the young kids are listening to anymore." And it was just so funny to me. Uh, and then from that, like Spider Nate Webb joined in the conversation. And that led to us interviewing Nate and Nate was incredible. And like, it was just such a weird mix of like me just hanging out with guys that I watched and like looked up to as a kid. Mm. It was so weird. When it comes to like J pro and M dog, I like, cause I didn't really grow up watching them like in those type of things. But if I had to pick a favorite, it's really hard. Because the thing that I love about J-Pro that I fell in love with him when I started watching independent wrestling is his promo skills. 
there's a promo mm-hmm. that I can find online. It's literally from the uh, the fir- the feud that I caught with him. Like okay, like I've, I think I've mentioned. I don't know if I mentioned this to you before. Yeah, I think I it was might have been on our uh, crossover episode. One of them where I said like my the first match I ever seen was M Dog J Pro Gargano Triple Threat. That sounds about right. Yeah, there was a promo at one of the shows prior to it. It wasn't the one that they they shot that day. There's one that was like on an episode uh, so many weeks prior where they like uh, J Pro. Just took the whole feud. He like starts off very calm, and then he builds, and then he he first starts talking about like Gargano, and then he flips it and gets on M Dog, and then basically wraps it all up, basically saying like you both would be nothing without me. But he does it more than a stereotypical wrestler would. The thing that I love about J Pro is I do not think he cuts a bad promo. He's just so good and then on the other side with m dog the most approachable wrestler i have ever met and one that dude that like you could have an easy conversation with there's many times i've walked up to his gimmick table maybe just to say hi and we end up having like a five minute conversation like that's what i love about him so like picking between them is so so hard and it's it's really funny that you bring up uh matt being so approachable because uh, the first WrestleCade we went to, I guess it was two years ago now? Three years ago? I can't remember. Um, we ran into him, and uh, I was like, hey dude, uh, we do this thing, you know, this podcast, you know, we wouldn't want to do it. And he was like, uh, maybe later, like it was super hectic, and I, I was like, oh yeah, well not right now. He's like, he was like, maybe later, uh, try to catch me at this time. And then we actually ended up standing there for a few minutes and having a conversation about something random. I think something had just happened, like, off in the distance. We both, like, had that weird moment where we saw it and just, like, talked about it briefly. And then later, I think the next day, uh, we were walking from our, our car to the, the elevator in the parking garage. And lo and behold, he's in the elevator we have a quick conversation and go our separate ways. And like when we first started the podcast, I probably would have been really bummed that he didn't do the interview, but I was like, just kind of stoked that I got to have like these two moments with a guy that I just really appreciated growing up. And like, thanks to him and Josh, really, uh, I, I always say, um, whenever I'm asked, like, of course I grew up in like the attitude era where like, I idolize the Hardy Boys, you know, like Matt and Jeff, like, were probably the the top reason I did a lot of the dumb stuff that I did, and then I saw Matt and Josh, and I was just like, I can do this, because of these two guys, I know I can do this to some capacity, and then I found Nick Mondo, and that's where I found, like, my love for Deathmatch Wrestling, which is probably something Nick Mondo would never want to hear, you know, after hearing all the interviews he's done over the past few years, but... Matt and Josh were the ones that made me realize, like, I might not be the biggest, and I might not be the strongest or the fastest, but this is, like, I have the heart to do this, but no pun intended, but I have the passion to do this, so I can do it to some, you know, to some level I can do this. So, without me finding Matt Cross and Josh Prohibition, I probably don't try as hard to do any of it. So, I owe those guys, you know, a, a lot of gratitude. 
Which part do you enjoy more uh, from, like, basically your career? You have three parts. You have wrestler, you have podcaster, and then you have, you know, promoter. Um, man, it's it's so hard. I, I guess I've never really thought about it. Um, thinking, like, putting thought into it, it's really hard. I don't, and I know it's super cheesy, but I don't know if I could, like, pick one that I enjoy the most um there's parts from each that i that i enjoy um podcasting and promoting overlap and similarities like yeah. uh reaching out to people for either an episode or a booking kind of feels the same um with with wrestling uh there's just if you've done it then you know the rush that you get and it's like you can't compare it to anything like the injuries the like the jitters, the nerves. Um, if you if you blow something in the ring, like if you blow if you blow a spot, like just the overall feeling that you have when it's done, and if you have a good match, like you can't compare that to anything. It's it's just incomparable. Uh, prime example, like my match with Brett from February. After that match, I knew that I was fucked up. I knew that I had a concussion. And I, I didn't know how bad it was, but I knew I had a concussion just based on how I felt. Uh, but I didn't care because I knew that despite the poor choices that I made for myself, we told the story that we needed to tell. And it's still one of like, and this isn't me just like tooting my own horn because I'm not, <laughs> I'm really not that type of person, but that's still one of our most talked about matches. And granted, it's probably not for the reasons that I want, but it's still one of our most talked about matches. Um, wrestling, uh, I didn't, I haven't wrestled as much as I've podcasted or really promoted. Um, but I, I feel like if I really had to nail down one, um, podcasting was great and it was a lot of fun, but I really enjoy the promoting side because like, I'm not, I'm not really one for like team environments, but it's really cool when like, me and Koo and everybody sit down and like really like put together a card or a show or like lay out a storyline that we want to see progress over a certain period of time. Um, it's just, it's so fulfilling to watch everything play out over shows and like, um, what's a good example? Let's see. Okay. For example, like Kurt Stallion, when, when we decided Kurt Stallion was going to be our guy, the first show, the crowd was like kind of iffy on him. Yeah. But they got behind him because they knew that he was the guy we were going with. But we could feel them wanting to boo him. So when we finally turned him, that crowd lost their shit. And that's what they wanted to do the whole time. That was really rewarding. Uh, O'Shea Edwards, what, when he just took the ball and ran with it and that crowd loved him, it was incredible. The crowd loved Marco and Dan. Uh, just knowing that like you can give them what they want. It's it's the best feeling in the world. Like I always say that we have the most trusting crowd, and that's because like when Kurt was our champion and they cheered him, even though they really wanted to boo him, like they understood where we were going and they understood that we had to get to a certain point for them to get what they wanted, and they they were fully down for that ride. And I can't tell you how much that means to me um, that they just trust us that much to to know that they're eventually they're going to get what they want. Um, but I, I think if I had to pick one, wrestling has been a lot of fun and it was the ultimate goal for a while. 
I never thought I'd be a podcaster or promoter. Podcasting with, with Brittany and Wilkes has been incredible. But really just promoting was something I never saw myself doing. I never thought it was like within reach. Uh, so I think I'd have to go with promoting. It, it hurts less. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's just super rewarding. Like, it's really crazy the fact that, you know, Southern Underground Pro is just that special. I don't know what it is. Like, I think I was more gravitated towards it because of, like, when I, even before, like, we had our issues, like, I still, like, I listened to Kick Out of Two and all that stuff. So there's, like, names that I heard of. And then there was just, like, all right, we're going to, like, we're going to do this organization in Nashville. And I was like, okay, like, we'll, we'll see how this goes. And then seeing, like, people from up here get opportunities down there and just getting um, a mixture of, like, all right, we're going to, you know, we're going to get, people from all these different places that are like, it's not like too crazy, not too far away. And we're going to put them on a show together and we're, we're just going to do it in this bar in Nashville. And if people like it, they like it, they don't, whatever. And I feel like it's just been a constant progression of just getting bigger and bigger and better and better. And, you know, if it wasn't for Southern underground pro, I wouldn't know who the fuck Marco stunt was and <laughs> all the other things that have come with that aspect of it. And it's just crazy that, like, of every promotion that is on Powerbomb, like, that's my number one go-to. Like, I love my AIW, but let's be honest, I've only missed a handful of shows since I started attending shows uh, towards the end of 2011. So, I've seen the shows. The only things that I want to see from AIW on those shows is actually the pre-show promos that I never get to see because, obviously, it's on the disc. I never get a chance to buy the DVD or uh, the digital copy. So, like, this is me going, okay, let me watch these promos. And that means, like I said, just Southern Underground Pro, I go, okay, cool. And even the fact, too, I've known spoilers because, let's face it, we're in the internet. It takes, you know, about a week and a half, two weeks for the shows to come out. So, I know a lot of spoilers, but I'm still tuning in going, okay, let me see what happens. And I think there's, uh, you know, a lot of friends that I've had up here where, you know, they've taken notice to Southern Underground Pro. A friend of mine has a podcast called uh, Not Ready for Primetime Wrestling, and they did a commentary podcast, a two-parter, where they uh, did commentary for one of the shows, and it's mainly because, like, me going, hey, Southern Underground Pro is awesome. Everybody needs to check it out. And the one guy, uh, one co-host, was just like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them a shot, and he loves you guys, too. He wants to come down with me, but... Uh, Something about like his new job is going to would have him working that Sunday night, and he's like, "I want to go, but I can't." And I don't, I don't know how many promotions out there, or just the level you have to be at for people to really want to travel to your promotion. Like, I think that's that speaks volumes. Obviously, I know I'm not the only podcaster that feels like that. Um, you know, I've got your five stars. You know, Jeremy, he's talks about he wants to come down. I think. Uh, struggles he wants to come down to it's there's something special going on in Nashville and uh I never figured I would ever say I want to go on down to Nashville for fun because growing up I never thought like Nashville sounded that fun I mean to be perfectly honest like even living here for most of my life not being originally from here but living here most of my life like it's really weird to me when people want to come to Nashville for anything um, but it's really cool that we've given people a reason to want to come to Nashville. Uh, I will say to its credit, Nashville is an incredibly rapidly growing city. Uh, but it's still so weird to me when people just want to come here. 
And, like, I, I really can't thank you, Ryan and Jeremy, enough for, you know, everything you've done for, you know, spreading the word. Like, I talk to all three of you guys fairly regularly, and I feel like every time I talk to you, each of you tell me that you've gotten somebody else new turned on to Southern Underground Pro. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, little known fact, uh, if I find out that somebody does a podcast, whether it's, like, a review or a commentary or an interview, something stuff-related, I if I know about it, I'll listen to it. So I'm going to have – when we get done, I'm going to have you text me that podcast you were just talking about so I can check it out. Okay. Just because I'm I'm curious to see how other people feel about it because, like, it's not necessarily a vanity thing, but, like, if we can improve, then I want to know how we can improve, you know? And I – I don't know if that's something that everybody does, um, but I find it very important, and I, I just never want to get stale or stagnant. Yeah, but no, like for real, I do listen. Like if I find out that somebody uh, does a podcast related to sub, I try to listen to it, uh, just because I, I do find it crazy that people actually care. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we we kind of started off as like a joke. And then it just, it very rapidly became like a real thing. So when people, when people do talk about sup, I'm very interested to see if they like it or hate it because, you know, regardless, like we're going to keep doing it, but it's, if we can improve, then I want to. I think that's like, I, I, I don't know how you feel from a, like a, obviously a promoter's point of view because I'm not a fucking promoter, but like from a podcaster point of view, when, Granted, that's not necessarily people talk about my podcast, but I always want to get that like feedback. Like people don't have to be like, "Oh my god, I love it! It's the thing, best thing ever." Like, no, tell me what you don't like. I don't care if it's like I think they go too long or oh, I don't like this. I'm like, as long as you you say, "Well, I don't like you," then I don't care. Like, tell me what I can work on because I think that's something from a you know a content creator's point of view. I want to get better. And there's a lot of people be like, well, you know, you might call quality's great and this is great and this is great. I'm like, thank you. I love that. That makes me feel good when I feel like shit. But like some days I just feel like it's shitty and I want to get it better. Like, and that's yeah. something that just annoys me. That I mean, that makes perfect sense. And like you being around wrestling as much as you are now, you may have heard this. Um, but, you know, when you're a wrestler, you're supposed to ask people what what they thought of your match Mm. and when you go through that curtain after your match and you ask a vet you know what did you think oh it's great you know chances are that means they didn't watch it yeah you know that's like the running joke and the running theme is like when you ask a vet and they say oh it's great they didn't watch it and you just kind of take that and you're like thanks and then you ask somebody else and they're like well you know this was the shits and this was the shits but you know that's how you learn. That's how you yeah. get better. And I always find it really funny when people can't take criticisms. Um, and I mean, I'm guilty of it myself yeah. um, with certain things. With stuff, I'm a little more relaxed because I know that, you know, it's it's going to be an ever, ever-changing and ever-evolving world of, yeah. you know, well, they like this person, but they don't like this person. But just because they don't like this person doesn't mean that this idea can't work. It's just not going to work for that person, yeah. you know. So... Um, as long as people are giving feedback, you know, in anything that we're doing, then, you know, good or bad, it's good as long as there's actual thought to it. If there's no thought to it and it's just, oh yeah, it sounded good, you know, then I 
tend to write that off, as shitty as that may sound. But yeah. if you can tell me why you think it's good, then I'm all for it. Yeah. If you can tell me why you think it sucks, I'm I'm one thousand percent all ears because I want to know why it sucks. I want to know why it's good. Um. I mean, that's that's just the way I've always been. Ever since I was a kid, I've I've always been inquisitive like that. I want to know, you know, what I can do to be better on all fronts or, you know, what I can do to make whatever it is I'm doing better. Um, because, you know, if you don't know, then you can't fix it. Yeah. I think, like, even for me, like, when I started the Ohio Indie Report, I think people were telling me back then, like, oh, I like it. It's great. But, you know, I feel like... I've improved on many different levels. Like I, it'd be hard for me to go back and listen to some of those episodes. It's going to be like, oh, okay, I know I could have fixed this. Uh, I could have fixed this. I could have done this better. Certain things like, especially like with audio, I'm like, yeah, I didn't have the best microphone that I understand. That's what I had at the time, but like I could have edited better. And right. even as long as I've been doing it, I'm still learning new things. And I just try to make it so that people at least enjoy it. And I, I mean, I haven't heard like a complaint in a while because I know there would be, there would be episodes where I'll never forget where like I'm editing and I'm like, this episode fucking sucks. There's nothing I can do about it, but I have to just like, just go through with it and basically apologize. There's episodes I know out there, maybe how any report, maybe early wrestling chairs where I'd like start off with an intro like, Hey, I tried fixing shit. It didn't work out. Sorry. This is the best I could do. I'll try again next week. You know, um, yeah. So, and for me, like, if I were to hear that at the beginning of an episode, that wouldn't be a turnoff at all. I would appreciate that honesty because, like, we're all human. I mean, sometimes you just literally have to make the best out of what you've got. And you know, for some people, it's not enough. But that's something that I can, I can more than appreciate because, I mean, that's just day to day life. Like, yeah. some days you're gonna wake up and you know things just aren't gonna go great. Like. Maybe your coffee pot just makes a really horrible pot of coffee or, you know, like your breakfast sucks. Like you just kind of got to make do with what you've got. And, you know, that's day to day life and it reflects in everything. And if people, you know, if people can't take that with with a podcast or, you know, even when I was in bands, man, like we we would record something that might sound like shit. But it, it, it's like, you know, at least we have a recording like we have something to show people like, yeah, this might sound like shit, but our live shows kick ass. You know, yeah. so I get that. And it's something that I can appreciate it. You know, it, when you're a content creator, you know, you're trying to put something out there for people to appreciate and enjoy. Um, it it just means the world when they're willing to take the, the two seconds to give you honest feedback, whether it's good or bad. Yeah. And even the bad feedback isn't bad. It's it's a learning experience. Yeah, I've, I'm happy. I've you know, come as far as I have. And, you know, sometimes when you wake up, you know, like you said, your, you know, your coffee, coffee pot's not making a great cup of coffee or I don't know, you open up your energy drink and, uh, I don't know, there's something wrong with Very it. Very topical. <laughs> I kind of want to get into that a little bit because, um, on a side note, I've, you know, kind of getting, I, I, I liked it when this past week, uh, okay. When this comes out, it'd be almost two weeks ago when, uh, Jeremy mentioned about listening to, wrestling cheers i was like oh this is kind of cool and then i knew like straight off the bat i'm like yeah i've listened to his show like we differ a lot i'll just say like i love comedy wrestling he hates it and i know oh, like god he hates it so much i know and i'm just like people like that i'm just like chill like it's an art 
you don't have to like it. You don't, you don't have to like everything out there. Like, I get it. But anyway, um, but kind of like he's like, well, you didn't even ask a lot of wrestling questions. And I'll always say like, yeah, that's kind of my point. Because we got shows like, you know, I, me and you, like uh, with Wrestling Cheers and Kick Out of Two, like, yeah, we'll talk about wrestling, but let's talk about other stuff because, you know, like everybody I've had on this month, uh, they've done podcasts other places where they've talked strictly wrestling. Like if you want right. you want more wrestling with Brett, go to I've Got Your Five Stars. If you want more uh, wrestling with Koo, go to Spotlight Series with Struggles. If you want more uh, wrestling with Marco Stunt, uh, he did the road home from wrestling a couple months back. And the thing that I loved, which we, we briefly talked about in the last episode, but it was uh, when I first found you guys, it was like someone took an idea that I had and did it before me. And I've, I'd, I had mentioned that I had an idea for a show and it was going to be called uh, Question Kayfabe. And it was going to be like, okay, we'll talk wrestling, but we'll like talk other stuff. And then when I heard you guys like talking other stuff with the wrestlers, I was like, fuck, that was my idea. Why the <laughs> fuck didn't I do it? Because I was going to have it as a separate show from the Ohio Indy Report. And I was like, well, if someone else is doing it, like, I'm not necessarily stealing it, but I'm not going to like blatantly do what they're doing. I'll just put my own spin back on it. And, but at least I know like someone else is doing it and people are listening. So people want to hear that. You know, it's, it's really funny. Like, obviously we've really really slowed down with kick out of two. Uh, and it's honestly become more of a, uh, the card is going to change format where we just, you know, focus more on sub shows. Um, but it's really funny. Like I had this conversation with somebody when we first decided to slow down and I can't remember who it was. Um, but you know, I feel like when we started like three years ago, three ish years ago, mm-hmm. The le- and this is going to sound really nerdy and really in my mom's basement. Uh, <laughs> but I feel like the landscape of wrestling podcast has changed so much over the last three years. Yeah. And, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I love everybody that listens to Kick Out of Two and has supported Kick Out of Two over the years. But the, like, the landscape of wrestling podcasts have, has changed so much. And I feel like we're not going to be missed um, because honestly, wrestling podcasts are in such a better place now than they were then. Like people, people are thinking outside of the box and I, maybe it's just my ignorance and not really keeping up with WWE as much, but I feel like I just see less and less of the, the WWE review f- formats and like there's more of you know like you where like you talk about AW and now SUP and you talk to wrestlers that are in your area and the, like that's the shit that interests me like I love AIW yeah. and I love just hearing from different wrestlers um, and then like I got your five stars where Jeremy reviews different independent shows and like he'll have interviews and then Ryan with um, the Spotlight series like of course he does the interview format, but sometimes he'll, you know, he'll have his wife on and they'll do like, like she's not a huge wrestling fan, but they'll do like their little commentary deal. Um, it wrestling podcasts are just in, in a really independent wrestling podcast yeah. are just in a really good spot right now. And I feel like, and I'm not saying that like we were the glue holding everything together. Cause that's so far from the truth. But I feel like if, if we just fade away, then everything will be okay because 
there's a really good group of wrestling podcasts for people that want really good wrestling podcasts. And, and I'm not just saying this because we're talking, but like wrestling cheers, I got your five stars and the spotlight series are like top tier shit for me. Yeah. And I feel like whenever anybody asks me, you know, like which wrestling podcast should I listen to? Those are the three that I put out there along with like indie cast. Um, and then there's another one that I just found recently. Fuck. I feel really bad because I can't think of what it is off the top of my head. Um, but there, I mean, there's just a really good crop of independent wrestling podcasts right. right now. And I feel like a few years ago, that wasn't necessarily the case. Well, I feel like all those podcasts that you mentioned, like your, your WWE stuff, those are still out there. And it, it's hard for some people to get away from that. Like when I've, yeah, when I first started out, but you know, in my years of podcasting, I have had a plethora of different like podcasts that I did nothing that I was just serious. It's more or less, uh, I had a, you know, NFL podcast for years where it was like me and a friend, like we talk about games and we talk about like who we thought we were going to win every week. And that just, that became our thing. We did it for so many years. And then much like actually they all kind of had the same ending where I wanted to start concentrating on wrestling cheers. Because it was right around the time of the rebrand. I had a wrestling podcast that I, a couple that I was like either a part of or I hosted. And, but it got to the point of uh, March 2016, through a couple months after Wrestling Cheers like was officially rebranded. I was like, you know what? I just want to spend all my time on this show. Like, I'm getting tired of like every, all these days I got to do all these different podcasts. The only one that I, I regularly do outside of Wrestling Cheers anymore is a friend of mine's show where we talk about movies. Other than that, like, it's it's just this. And I love doing what I I do for, you know, this local area. And I think that's one thing I liked about, you know, you know something like Kick Out of Two. And even, you know, I got your five stars. Like, I don't listen to every episode of his because maybe mm-hmm. it's just he's talking about a show that, like, it's like a company that I'm not familiar with. So, it's like I'll pass over those. But if I see something that catches my eye, I listen to it. And then I did not start listening to the Spotlight series until, like, a couple months ago because – it was a logo that I have seen everywhere. I probably mm-hmm. know so many wrestlers that have been on the show. They promoted it. And just coming from a podcaster's point of view for so many years, I'm like, oh, okay, I don't care. Like, if I don't know who you are, I don't care. And right. then I forget who was on the show. And I was like, fuck it. Let me go. I'll listen to this. And I really actually know what it was. It was when he was on Kick Out of Two with you. And the uh-huh. <laughs> the funny thing is, is, uh, that episode in my head sounds like, because it's kind of what it is, it sounds like you on his show, but he's on your show. because he's, I mean, that's kind he, of what it turned into. <laughs> because he, he used his recording. Um, oh, like, oh, that's funny. But, yeah. I didn't save my ass for that one. Dude, from a podcaster point of view, like, that's what you gotta do. Dude, I... I save every podcast, like, files for it. I somewhere have on my external hard drive now our full conversation from earlier this year. I have the Wrestling Cheers portion, obviously, and then I have the Kick Out of Tube portion recorded from my end. And I've had I've had my fair share of, like, you're basically doing a podcast with another podcaster, and they're like, hey, I'm going to record, too. And because I used to use a program when I use, use Skype called Pamela, which like does decent, not the best, but does decent recording every so once in a while. Like I was, I was at a place that had iffy internet. So the internet was getting kind of choppy and like it kept like stopping the recording and I'd have to hit re- like record again. 
and I was going through all this stuff, and the guy who I was on the podcast with, he was like, dude, I have a recording going. I'll just send it to you when we're done. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> so it's definitely one of those things when you have two people like that together. It's like, all right, I'll record too, you know, just so we're good. And uh, so that that always like rings in my head. So I was like, when I heard that episode, I was like, all right, let me check out this this podcast that I know I've always seen the logo. And then I went through the catalog. I was like, oh, wow, I, there's a lot of people that I know who have been on this show. So I downloaded all those episodes that of people I've, I like or know about or whatever. And every so once in a while, I'll listen to one of those episodes. Like, I'll just like reach in the archive. Like, not too long ago, I listened to the Davey Vega episode. That's an awesome episode. I love Davey Vega. And I was like, right, right around the beginning of football season this year. And then after LeBron left. So there was a conversation about that. So like, it's been somewhat talked about. I know he's going to come on this show in January. If he wants to do the cross promotion thing, that's fine too. But, um, when I said January, but it's going to be, I'm going to focus on it in January, but he's somebody I, he's high on my list. Cause I think we would just have fun, like talking about music and, uh, just being in a studio because if it wasn't for the time I spent in a studio with a friend of mine who was like a, trying to be like a local rapper and he was actually paying decent money to go to a studio. Like I would always kind of sit there with the engineer and that's how I really started to want to do this even before I knew about podcasting. You know, it's, it's funny that we're on this topic now because, um, I heard you talk about the talk boy, um, <laughs> with Koo. And honestly, like when you talked about like, just like kind of recording yourself with the talk boy, they made a lot of sense. Uh, I used, I'd never had a talk boy actually. Um, and now I have one tattooed on me, but I've never had a physical talk boy, but I had like this little, um, I don't even know what you'd call it, but it was like a little, it was like a tape recorder and it had like a little microphone and it, I mean, it was pretty big, oh, yeah. but it was still portable. Um, what color was and it? when I was a kid, what's up? What color was it? Oh man, it, it was, it was a bunch of different colors. It was like, I remember red, yellow, blue. green, and blue. It was like the most 90s Fisher-Price toy a kid could have, probably. Dude, I wonder if it's like the same one I had. Because like before I had the Talkboy, I had, you know, a, a tape recorder that had like, you know, the, like the built-in mic. Like not one that was like, you couldn't move, like it had a cord and everything. If we're talking about the same one, that would be the most craziest, like, thing ever. Because I kind of forgot about it until you started like, oh, I have this tape recorder. I'm like, oh, my God, dude. So did I. I'm trying to think. I feel like the like the screen of the microphone was yellow. I feel like it had like a yellow cord. Um, I remember. And it was probably damn near about a foot tall. I remember mine being dominantly uh, red. But there, I know there was yeah. other colors, but the, that's the main color I remember. Red and yellow are the ones that are sticking out for me. When we get off the phone, I'm going to Google this because I'm going to, I want to see if I can find it. Uh, because what I used to do is I was like, honestly, and like, this is crazy. I never even put these two things together, but, um, I used to just like sit there and I would play with my wrestling action figures and I would do commentary like into it and I rec rec recorded on a tape and I never really went back and listened to it, but I just did it. And now I do commentary. Like, it's crazy. Never even put those two things together until just now. I'm kind of Googling it right now, but there's like a bunch of things that come up. And a lot of them have, oh, yeah. a lot of them have red, a lot of them have white. 
Uh, I, I feel like, man, I wish I, I wish I could remember I the exact color scheme. Dude, I don't know about you, but this is kind of like halfway off topic. Is uh, I'll think of something that I had in my childhood, and I'll try to Google search it, or I'll try to find it on eBay. Like I remember, I had a Super Nintendo growing up, and we mm-hmm. had I think two regular controllers, and then my dad had bought this like special controller. Like it's it had a better fit. Like it still had all the same buttons and everything, but it was supposed to like feel a little bit better. And I remember right. going on like Google one day and like scrolling after a while. Like I found it, like oh my god, like this this is what I had. I know it for sure. And I'll just randomly think like oh I remember I had this. Let me see if I can find what this was. I will actually go a step further. Um, and I do this actually quite a bit with one specific thing being crash dummies. Uh, I will eBay them and Google them. And if I still haven't scratched the itch enough, I will YouTube reviews on certain things. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because like, I just like, I'm, I guess I'm like really nostalgic in the sense of like things that I had as a kid. Because I went through a point in my life where I had to sell a lot of stuff for money to, like, eat and shit. Yeah. Uh, so, like, anything that I had, like, I just, like, never really got attached to through, like, my late teens and, like, early 20s. I just, the attachment just wasn't there. I knew if I needed to get rid of it, I could. Um, so, like, every now and then I'll just, like, really go back and I'll get, like, for some reason, crash dummies are, like, one of the things that I do it the most with just because I, I didn't have a lot of them. But they were like the coolest toys I had when I was a kid because, I mean, they were toys that you got to break and put back together. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like Crash Dummies were the main ones. And then there were these other things. Um, shit, I can't remember what they were called. But they had um, little, like, stones in their chest. And you could, like, move their arms. And it would make this click noise and the stone would light up. Uh, damn, I wish I could remember. What I don't think they were called stone cutters. I can't remember, but those are like the two things that I would like Google and YouTube the most for a while. Super random. <laughs> like I always have like a, a crazy like eBay save search or not save searches, but uh, what I'm watching that's the that's what it is. And like I'm I'm looking through mine right now. Like with it being Christmas, I pulled out like my favorite ornaments. The first time I got to put it on a tree, you know, like over five years. And it was, it's this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bulb. And like, I did a Google search on it, and there's like 10 of them with different designs. And oh, wow. I, and I was like, oh, I need to buy the other nine. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, uh, I saw you post that on Instagram, and I had, uh, it was either Instagram or Twitter. Um, Instagram. I had a Ninja Turtle one, and I had, I feel like I had a Power Ranger one that was fairly similar. Yeah. But yeah, there was like 10 other designs. And I end up Man. looking for them on eBay, and I think to get all ten, there was two different things being sold, but it was going to actually complete it. The only one missing was the one that I owned. It was going to cost like a hundred bucks, and I'm like, Ugh, can't really afford that right now. But I'm going to keep keep looking, and then like maybe by next Christmas, I'll have the whole set. That'd be cool. Oh, by the way, I feel like a total piece of shit because I heard you talk about your love of Atom Bomb and the Atom Bomb Hasbro. I just sold all of my Hasbros, and a friend of mine gifted me an Atom Bomb Hasbro. Had I known how much you like Atom Bomb and how much like you just look for his stuff, I would have just given that to you. I would have just mailed it to you, oh, but I had no dude. clue, and now I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> I wish I still had that because I would just mail it up to you. 
the crazy thing, like, I'm not a huge fan of his, but, like, some of his merch, especially the Bret Hart shades that mm-hmm. I remember seeing in the catalog, I was like, oh, these are just the Bret Hart shades. Oh, okay. And then, like, obviously his run was very short, uh, maybe a couple years, and, like, him being a, a face was even, like, obviously even shorter. But the the merch that they had was just so random. And that later run of Hasbro's are hard to find. And I think I wanted the whole, like, at least what I considered the set, the football, the glasses, and the figure. I, the glasses aren't on eBay anymore. The football's not on eBay anymore. I mean, if I had the figure, that'd be great. But uh, I don't know. Not, I appreciate if you would have, like, uh, that would have been great. But luckily, I'm not, like, true. It's not like some, I'm trying to figure out something. I'm like, oh, my God, you had. Okay. There's one Funko <laughs> Pop that I'm missing. That of one of my collections, and if I could find it, that it wasn't going to cost me an arm and a leg, I would buy it. And that's, I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. And of the original C- uh, movie, I'm only missing one, and it's the, it's an Egon Spangler in the Ecto-1, and Egon, and I think the Ecto-1-2 has, like, slime on it. That goes for anywhere between 300 and $600. Jesus Christ. I have watched it go up in price. The only thing that I have even remotely close to price, and I'm waiting on when I finally sell it, I have a uh, flocked bunny suit Ralphie. Oh, shit. I bought Does it. Does know that? No, we didn't talk about that. I bought it for Man. 20 bucks off of uh, some friends of mine who are going through hard times. As of right now, actually, I'll look it up just to double check because I use the the pop price guide and it gives mm-hmm. you like a rough estimate of, you know, what stuff is worth. And last time I checked, it was like over 200 bucks. God. And I, for a while, when it started to go up to like close to 100, I used to like jokingly with uh, my one friend and be like, here, here's the price that it was now. Like I paid 20 and it's now worth 100. Now worth 150. Just like a fun joke because I was just... I bought it just to help them out. Like, I like the Christmas right. story, but it was like, I wasn't trying to collect them, but it was the only one that they had that I'd pay money for that I was somewhat interested in. Man, that's crazy. Like, part of me, like, pops are cool. I had to, like, get out because there were just so yeah. many that I was like, once I got one, I wanted the series. Uh, so I finally just had to be like, no. And I sold most of mine. I think the only ones I have now are... uh <clears throat> the Home Alone set that Brittany got me. Nice. Um, and maybe a Freddy and Jason and maybe like one more. I don't even think I kept a Macho Man one. I think I sold that one too. Um, but yeah, like I, part of me is just like, is the bubble going to pop and is it going to be like Beanie Babies or is this actually going to be a thing where like, I actually, I feel like they've outlasted Beanie Babies. They have. Uh, God, that's crazy. The, the Ralphie is worth two hundred and twenty dollars, according to Pop Price Guide. Jesus. And I pay twenty for it. I think what the difference between Pops and Beanie Babies that I've, I know I've had this conversation with people is the fact of like Beanie Babies were generic. Like here's like they had like a bunch of different dogs, a bunch of different cats, maybe a couple ducks, and like right. there was nothing they could build off of. But with Pops, there's licenses. And I feel like, I mean, granted, there's people out there that are like, oh, I have to have them all. Like, there are categories of pops that I'm like, I don't want to even want to own them all. Like, I'm not a Star Wars fan, but I know that's one of them that they pump out pops for like crazy. And I don't want that. Like, right now in my office, like, I have 
the Boondock Saints pots. And the only reason why I even bought them, like I like the movies, but I was at, ironically, the one of the Walmarts in uh, Knoxville. And they had both of them sitting right next to each other. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll buy them both because boom, there's a set. Done. Like I have those. Yeah, and and when do you ever find the set of anything right in front of you? Yeah, I think because it was like a, just a two set, and I'm like, oh, oh, actually, I'll get, I'll get to that. I, I found one other time, uh, but like in my office right now, I got those two. I got a Mister Rogers one, Scarface, uh, my the full Tommy Boy set, and Wreck It Ralph, and then like a couple Thanos ones. Other than that, like I have like they're just boxes right now. In the uh, my closet, which it's not like I'm, I'm not interested anymore. I just don't have like bookshelves or anything. Like my office, there's like a corner that's just nothing but like plastic tubs full of shit. But the other time that I did find a full set, I went into a Walmart, and they had all three all uh, real monsters. Oh man! And I just looked at them all. I grabbed them and <laughs> put them in the cart, and I was like, okay, we're done. I got man. them all. I think I found a complete set twice, and they weren't Funkos. Um, when I first really got into collecting like wrestling action figures in my adult years, uh, I walked into a Kmart one day randomly when those were still a thing down here, <laughs> and uh, I found – I forget what series it was, but I found Hawk and Animal, and I was like uh, – well, I know one of these is going to be the rare one out of the two, and you never find both of them at the same time, so I just bought them both. Definitely didn't have the money to do that and just did it anyway. Um, and then the other set that I found was the Pullstring Hasbros. Uh, I walked into a store we have here called Great Escape, um, and I just looked on the shelf behind the counter, and I saw Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, and... If you know me, you know I don't care about Hulk Hogan at all. I saw Ultimate Warrior, and I bought him for like 10 bucks, I think. Uh-huh. And I was talking to a buddy of mine who has the most ridiculous luck with Hasbros and has probably one of the most extensive Hasbro collections outside of like Zack Ryder and uh, Kurt Hawkins and all that. Uh, and I was telling him what I found, and he was like, did they have Hulk Hogan? And I said, yeah. He said, you better fucking go back and get that because that's a complete set and you're never going to find that again. So the next day I went back and they had it and I bought it and I held on to them for a few years. I actually just recently sold them with my Hasbros. Um, And yeah, that's like the two times that I've ever found like a complete set at one time. I just love the Hasbro set or just, you know, those are not like just a set, but I don't know. Like I have. They're so cool. Like I have my parts of childhood like i just recently went through this like talking with a friend of mine who um friend of the show like he's on there his name's stacy and he has a podcast called super fantastic and he recently did an episode talking about he-man to show support like i've never been a fan of he-man and i still listened to him but when i had a conversation with him i was like yeah like he-man gi joe and transformers were like those franchises that were really big either right before I was born or as I was a baby. So, like, I didn't really know much about them. But, like, I connected with uh, Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters and Spectre Gadget. And then, like, the next era in my life, I remember Darkwing Duck, Captain Planet, and then I got into wrestling figures. And what was it? I was, like, 1990, I want to say five. I bought, like, only ones that I ever bought in the store were, and I don't remember which one was my first one, 
There was a punching Hulk Hogan. There was Undertaker, Razor Ramon, and Brett. And then we had like a friend of the family who like their one son was like late teenage years and he had a bunch of Hasbro still in a box and with a ring. And I got to go over there one day and just be handed this box full of figures. And there was like Macho wow. Man, Ultimate Warrior, uh, Tugboat, um, the Rockers. There's a bunch of, like, if I look at a figure, I can tell you whether I had it in the set or not. And Man. I don't know what I did with them, but that was a regret that I didn't have them. And I also had two different rings. There was the one that I got with the set, which was the rings that had the platform on it, like for the the ring post. And then one that I got, or no, they didn't have those. Then I got one off of a friend a couple years ago after that. I mean, not a year, a couple years ago, but a couple years after that, that had the platforms. Because I remember seeing his and going, mine doesn't have that. Like, what, what, what's going on? And like, he hooked me up, but yeah. They're just they're just so say, nostalgic. If you had the yellow ring, then you had some money. No, <laughs> it was just the it was the blue WrestleMania WWF um, ring. Uh, the one that I got from my friend friend of the family, it came with the belt and the American flag. The one that I got from my friend, it was just the the ring. God, dude, I hunted that has part of the reason I decided to finally sell my collection was the fact that I knew I was never going to get the the Hasbro action figure title belt for a reasonable price, and I just couldn't justify paying the prices that I saw for that belt. Like, for some reason, I could with a figure, but with the belt, I just, I was like, I can't, I can't do it. just cannot do it. And I was just like, you know what? I'm never going to get that. And I actually had a Hasbro ring, and I sold it. Um... And there was a oh purple trunks ultimate warrior. I knew I was never going to get that one, so uh, I was like, you know what? I've had these. It's been a good run. I need room for my VHS tapes. It's time <laughs> to clear this ta- this space out. The white trunks ultimate warrior is my favorite. Oh yeah, that one. He I feel like that's like the perfect ultimate warrior action figure because he's got his hands up. He looks like he's about to like come down and shake ropes. Mm-hmm. It's it's a damn good figure. The, the tassels, the hair, like, perfect. Like, compared to the other ones, they're just, I don't know, like, the Purple Trunks one, like, I think the big figure looks cool, but, like, the small one's like, eh. And then the, there's the one that just does the, I don't even want to call it the head. It's got, like, the lever on the back where it, yeah, like, pops up. I hate that figure. Oh. I hate that, that mold. Dude, same. Like, I can remember so many that had that. Like, I had uh, Jimmy Snuka and uh, one of the Rockers I know had it, too. Shawn Michaels wasn't Shawn Michaels. I could uh, hated hated that one. Actually, I think they both may have had it. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I do. I you you are correct, and one of the rockers definitely had it. Um, yeah, I just I hated that, and I always had thought like I had a Jimmy Snuka that had that that uh, that mold, and I had the hardest time getting him to stand. Ah, uh, yeah, I think. Don't some of the new? I think one of the new ones has it too, and I. I, uh, I think it's Sting. Yeah, and I was like, Ugh, why? Why did we bring that one back? Yeah, not a good look. I think it's funny the. Um, and Triple H has it too. Actually, I think the Triple H one has it. Oh, the. Ugh, I have to double check that one. That's the other thing too. Like that kind of annoys me. Like the waves for those have been shit. Of like getting into stores. 
Like, I remember the, oh, yeah. fir- the first one was, like, everywhere. And mm-hmm. I'm really kicking myself in the ass after listening to the Major Wrestling Figure podcast this week, or this past week, or as it was recording last week. Um, I re- remember seeing the Roman Reigns figure, and I was like, oh, my God, that's, like, the Hulk Hogan one I had with the punch. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, because I don't know if Roman does the punch, too, but I'm like, Roman, Hulk Hogan, you know, you know, two big guys, you know, champions and all stuff like they just were a lot alike in my head and then coming to find out like for some reason now it's worth like a hundred bucks i'm like motherfucker i could have bought that figure i don't know how many times and now you're telling me it's worth a hundred bucks motherfucker of course it is god damn it it's always the one you least expect (laughs) like i wanted to start collecting them and then the one that i really want um and this can get into another thing that we both love is uh, like the series two with like Kane and McFoley, Mankind, and I think those are the main two I want. I forget who else is in the series, but I'm like, dude, that Kane is awesome. That Kane is legit one of my favorite toys ever. It's so sick, and like what I I sold like I had uh, most, well not most, but I had a good amount of like those retros. Yeah. I sold those with my Hasbro's and I kept that Undertaker and Kane because that Kane is just one of the sickest action figures ever. Yeah. You know, another thing when it comes with Kane that I'm pissed, like how expensive it is only because you have to have both parts and that's the maximum sweat figure. Oh man. Oh, those figures, <laughs> those trash ass figures. I had, like I, I think I actually had the Kane one when I was a kid. I did too, but if you go on eBay, last time I checked, almost all of them are the figure without the mask. That goes for like ten, fifteen bucks, maybe twenty. If you have the mask, which normally all the open ones don't, you have to buy it in the the case box, whatever. Like those are like eighty bucks, and I'm like, I really want that figure again, but uh, I don't want to pay eighty bucks for it. <laughs> Do you want to hear a really depressing story? Okay, shoot. So, uh, I used to be a delivery driver for Papa John's when I was like 19. And, uh, of course I had a Nintendo 64 growing up. Um, but my friends and I had like, we went through this weird phase where we just really wanted an N64. So I worked with this guy and we were talking one day. He's like, I still have mine. I'll sell it to you for like 20 bucks. I was like, okay. So he brings me the Nintendo 64, two controllers, and a couple games, one of which was Banjo-Kazooie. And I was like, I don't give a shit about this game. So I took it to like one of these secondhand stores, and uh, I was trying to sell it with like some other stuff. And they were like, oh, we, you know, we don't really want this. And I was like, well, you can just keep it, you know, whatever, because uh, I'm never going to play it. Dude, no shit. I go to a, a used game store a week later. And they're selling Banjo Kazooie for like a hundred dollars. Yeah. And I was just like, "You have to be kidding me right now!" There's no way, no way. I think all the secondhand stores around me have finally caught on to eBay. As weird as that sounds, because how long eBay's been around, that I think when they get some of the bigger priced, uh, whether it be games, movies, or albums they will put that kind of price tag on it like oh like for example um i grew up and i had the stage of where i listened to icp and everything psychopathic there's a handful of those albums that are no longer in print and some of them like i was just on ebay and like 
couple of them which came out in like the early 2000s are going for like highest I've seen was like 60 bucks. Realistically, I should yeah. say 60. There's there's a couple of people wanting way more than that and I'm like you're not getting that fucking much money. But I'm like 60 is more a little bit more in the realm but I'm still like like motherfucker and uh bringing it back to going to these secondhand stores a lot of the these albums that I was looking for that I know no longer in print aren't there. And I'm like you're telling me that nobody has turned these in or do you get them and like does someone sell them like what what's going on with it because normal some of these places have like a lot of albums that are you know number of years old um similar to that i have a friend who has a ridiculous ridiculous collection of uh jason x dvds and uh it just became like a running joke between him and some friends. And, uh, they, every time they would go to one of these like secondhand used media stores, they would just buy a copy of Jason X on DVD because it was like a dollar 95. So, uh, this dude just texted me one day and I, he has like over 40 copies of Jason X on DVD. <laughs> they've got like a VHS tape. They've got, I think it's like a screenplay like in book format and something else. I have it on like some other weird format. He texts me one day and he's like, so you know how I have all these Jason X DVDs? And I was like, yeah. He goes, I think I may actually have stumbled into some money because they don't print it anymore. They don't press it anymore. He's like, and I have 40 something copies of it. And it just started as a joke. Like they never expected that. And it's like, I've looked it up. It oddly enough, like, in my like VHS collecting frenzy, that's one of the ones that I've been looking for. And I used to see it all the time years ago when I first was buying VHS tapes just because they were cheap. Um, and I had a working VCR and that was one that I would see for like no shit, 10 cents at the store. And now it's like, I mean, it's not like expensive, but it's expensive for like a VHS tape. It's like, you can find it for like anywhere from like five to 15 bucks. And like, I have my limits on what I'll, I'll spend on certain VHS tapes. Mm -hmm. I'd pay five bucks for Jason X. I'm not going to pay 15 bucks for Jason X, but it's just like, it's crazy how like he never expected anything to come from this. And now, you know, they just don't make that anymore. And he's got 40 something copies of it. I had this conversation. I know with a friend of mine back in October, but what people really love is dead media. Yep. Like, that's where you make the money. Like, I I still have a fraction of my collection from when I was into ICP. And the stuff that I have was the, the stuff that I treasured because I did have my CD collection stolen from me when I went to the Gathering of the Juggalos. The, the first year was in my area. And so the stuff that I well, that I kept at home was the stuff that, like, obviously made it through all the years because uh, they were, had somewhat of a value to me. Some of those CDs are worth about what I paid for it. They're, but the one things that are worth the most are the cassette tapes. Because I have a handful of cassette tapes. Those are the ones that go way more. And I'm like, what the fuck is it with dead media? You might be actually stumbling upon your own gold mine with getting into VHSs. Like, a, like that whole nostalgia train is could potentially come back. Like I don't know if like they're going to reproduce VHSs, but... I know even when, like, when you started collecting them, I was kind of like, I don't want to go into a full collection mode. I want to get 
some of my favorite VHSs as a kid. I kind of want to do one Christmas where all I watch is like Christmas VHS tapes. Like some of the ones that I grew up with, like Home Alone 1, 2, uh, the Santa Claus, stuff like that. So it just like brings a little bit more of that nostalgia to, you know, Christmas. Um, so before I, before I go on to the, the VHS, uh, you actually said something in your interview with Koo where you were talking about wanting to record an episode of Wrestling Cheers on a Talkboy and have it on cassette. <laughs> yeah. It's so insane to me that you said that. Uh, I like flipped the fuck out at work because I always told Brittany and Wilkes, um, one thing that I wanted to do was like in hardcore and punk, bands still put out cassette tapes because they're cheap, they're easy, and it's physical media. And in that community, people just love physical media, whether it's records. So people still get CDs, but it's mostly records or tapes. Yeah. Uh, I always wanted to like pick out one of our best episodes and have it converted to a cassette tape and do essentially what you said and just give it out. Because I was like, who the fuck wants to buy a cassette tape of a podcast, mm-hmm. you know? So it like it tripped me out that you said that because that's something that I always said to them that I wanted to do. I just didn't know how to go about it, you know. Like essentially, I wanted to put it on like a store, like a like a big cartel, mm-hmm. but not charge anything for it. Just have it there so people could like order it and essentially just pay shipping and I just send it to them. Uh, but I just never did it. But um, it's actually so going back going to VHS now. Um, uh, they may still be doing it, but I know it's like, you know, up to like 2016, uh, there are companies that still put out VHS tapes and I have one of them. I found this movie randomly called The Barn. Uh, and they were, they released it, I'm pretty sure digitally on DVD and VHS. And I found it at one of those secondhand media stores for like 99 cents. And, uh, I looked it up. Like right after I got it, because the thing that the thing that struck me was it looked old. It looked like it was from like the 80s. So I grabbed it and I was like, "This will be a fun watch, whatever." Uh, and I looked it up, and I want to say the VHS tape was going for like 30 bucks. Oh shit! Yeah, and I paid 99 cents for it. And it's actually like, I find really weird movies. And Koo actually asked me the other day. He was like, "How do you find the movies that you watch?" And I legitimately don't know. Like sometimes I just see people post their VHS collections and I'm like, Oh, that title looks cool. I'm going to see if I can find that somewhere and watch it. Or like, uh, when I first had shutter, I would just go back and look for stuff that I'd never heard of that had like a cool name, like maniac cop. Like to yeah. me, that just sounds interesting. And I want to watch it because it's, it's going to be exactly what you expect. It's going to be a maniac cop. Uh, so yeah, like I just watch a bunch of random shit and, uh, now I just look for the VHS tapes of it. Is that kind of why you you miss video stores? Oh, dude. Uh, Video stores for me were like the pinnacle of like just being a kid. Like um, I had friends that I hung out with, Uh but like when I was in elementary school, I wasn't like going over to kids' houses. Uh, I had one kid that I hung out with the most, but it's because we lived in these apartments and he lived right across the breezeway from us. So we could hang out pretty much whenever. Uh, but I was always that kid that would rent the same wrestling tape multiple times or the same wrestling video game multiple times, or, uh, there were Simpsons games and what was the other one? 
I had a couple different video games I would rent for like Sega Genesis. Um, but just like you can't replicate that feeling of going to a video rental store and like hoping and praying that they had what you wanted. And if they didn't have it, then you knew you only had a certain amount of time to pick out something else that was going to satisfy you. Yeah. And dude, I'll just never forget the feeling of like going with my parents and either getting a movie or getting a game. And every now and then they would let me get candy with it too. And just going into like movie gallery or who were the other ones? We did blockbuster every now and then. And then Hollywood video was like a super treat. Yeah. Um, just going there and getting a game or a movie and candy. It was just the coolest. It like, I miss it a lot. And it's, I've actually had a couple of friends tell me that they've looked into starting like a rental service again. And for a while we had one closer where Brittany and I used to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, fuck. I don't remember what it was called, but there was still a place where you could rent DVDs. And, uh, my old roommate and I actually did it. We went and rented a couple of DVDs just to do it. And we watched them and it was still just as cool as when I was a kid. Um, yeah, I just, I miss going to those stores and being able to pick out a game. And uh, I actually shared a story on Twitter recently where uh, after my parents divorced, my mom got me a PlayStation 2 for my birthday and she didn't have enough money to get me a game. So she rented me, I forget which one it was, but it was one of the SmackDown games to go with the PlayStation 2. So I would at least have something to play. Uh, The funny thing is, because I know I mentioned it that, uh, they, we have a, a shit ton of family videos up here. Like almost, every, I feel like every major town has one, and they're like legitimately everywhere. And then I was like, I'm like, he has to have some family videos down there. And I looked, and there's like in your area, there's like two in Nashville, one in somewhere in Kentucky. And I'm like, wow, like <laughs> that's well, that's where we could go to still feel it. The funny thing is, like, I don't, I know, I don't do it as much anymore. Mainly because, like, when it comes to movies, I'm normally going to movie theaters. Like, I I enjoy that more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, video games. I don't play as much, but I do know... Like, there was a handful of games that would come out, and I go, well, let me rent it for a couple of days and, like, see if I like it. If I don't like it, I don't worry about it. But if I like it, I'll return it and then just go out and buy the actual game. But, yeah, I haven't I haven't done that in years. But it it definitely was something fun. I think it even goes back even more to the nineties, because like yeah. technically you know the two thousands that like all the stores were still around. But in the nineties, you know, with the VHSs and there wasn't like this. Oh, we have to guarantee that we have these videos available. So sometimes, yeah, you'd go in looking for one, and it wasn't there. And you had your your chain stores like your Blockbusters, your Hollywood Video, and then like. Uh, our local grocery store like they had like a little section depending on which store you went to like my local one was really small but though like the town over had like a a whole room like video rental store dedicated to it and then there was a part that i brought up to you was like there were so many like hole in the wall video stores and i think if i would compare it to anything fucking clerks won like it was just these stores that were no chains and it could be anything. And I, I will never forget. My dad was an appliance repairman. 
and we went over to somebody's house and they had a video store in like their garage. Like nowadays, God. like nobody, I, like, oh yeah, like the guy down the street has a bunch of DVDs. You want to go over to his place? No, nobody wants to fucking do that. Man, like, I just like, I think about it more and more every day, how cool it was, like being able to just walk into a video rental store. And actually one of my best friends, uh, when I was, um, I may have been like 16, he was 18 and working at a movie gallery and he would just like grab, like they could just grab DVDs and he would just bring them over. And like, we just got to watch all these movies for free, uh, because he basically lived with us. Um, my house was like the squatter house basically. And we just, he would just bring DVDs over. We would just watch all these free movies. Um, and yeah, just like, actually, you know what? There may still be a captain video in the town next to the town where I pretty much grew up in, in Smyrna, Tennessee. I think it was called captain video and I'm pretty sure it was a video rental store and a tanning salon. Um, that may still be there. I'm not sure if it closed or not, but my buddy Eli and I from music city horror podcast, whenever I forget where we went, but we were somewhere outside of Nashville, I think on the South side of middle Tennessee, uh, we were VHS hunting and we actually ran across a random family video and we almost stopped, but then we ended up just going to like Goodwill or something. Um, but it was really cool just to see that. And then he's the one that told me that family video is still around because rather than renting their properties, they bought them outright. So they own all their properties now. Okay. Um, so that's how they're able to, you know, still, they're not paying anything basically. Um, that's how they're able to exist. And like they do enough business to basically cover, you know, any expenses they may have. So like they were, it's funny how they were the smallest one, but the smartest one. They just bought, they ended up buying all their properties and now they're still around. It's crazy just how all of those stores have just disappeared and how, you know, 20 years ago, if someone said like, oh, you know, one day, you know, you're not going to have as many video stores and, you know, there's going to be these different ways of good at people. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Like these stores are going to be around forever. Everybody's going to want to rent a video and then, you know, we went from VHSs to DVDs, DVDs to Blu-rays, Blu-ray to digital, to where you don't even have to, like, have a physical copy. Like, mm-hmm. that that's where we are now. And now, like, the turnar- how, like, the turnarounds for movies have drastically changed. Like, before it took, granted, it was because it came back out in theaters, but, like, I remember Lion King, like, from when it came out in the theater to VHS was nine months. But I think it was also, they did re-release it. I'm like the winner, but still like nine months, but that was normal. Man. It's, it's crazy how like the things from our childhood, like video rental stores and arcades, just like, they're not there. Like, yeah, you got like Dave and Buster's and actually there's an arcade up the road for me in this really horrible mall, but it's not like a real arcade. It's like something that used to be a store and there's like all these arcade machines, but it's not like it's not like a real arcade like you used to have. Um, those are like the two things that I miss the most from being a kid. It's just arcades, and because there used to be an arcade in the mall not too far from where I lived called Tilt, 
and there was just walls of pinball and they had all the good arcade machines and then there was a bar um yeah i guess it was like technically a bar where like i could go in with my dad and we could like play pool or like play arcade games or do go-karts but he could also like drink uh and that was like that was really cool i just like i miss shit like that like i never really got any good arcade growing up like maybe you know there'd be like small mall mall arcade or like the the movie theater might have a little arcade or a couple arcade games but never like that full-blown room of just all these different arcade games and pinball games i do know the thing that i love uh side note i had a friend whose dad made good money growing up he still technically does as a ticket agent but in his garage he had three pinball machines and to to, yeah to us growing up that was awesome there was one called taxi which was more of a little bit older not but not hardcore old but then he also had last action hero and adam's family oh the adam's family pinball machine is classic dude that was my favorite like that's the one i gravitated towards when i first went over there i'm like oh i'm playing this one this one's fucking awesome man uh i had this friend who was from california and I don't remember if her family owned our, our, like a chain of arcades or like a, I think it was a video store slash arcade. I'm not mistaken. Uh, but we like hung out and when she was telling me about it and I was like, it's uh, like, it sounds like you have the coolest childhood ever. It's like, you could tell she definitely didn't take it for granted because she was just like, yeah, our, our garage is like full of arcade machines and like VHS tapes and movies and all this like, posters and all this stuff and i was like oh my god it sounds so cool and i forget how we got on the subject but i was just talking about how like vhs tapes used to come with cool stuff like the free willy tapes came with like the necklace Dude. and then the space jam tape came with the the coin and i was like man i wish i had that coin well she went back to visit her family for whatever reason and she came back and when we hung out after that she gave me the space jam coin that i still have somewhere i think it's in my car and like you just don't get that anymore. Like, yeah. I I really miss just companies going the extra mile to give you something small like that. I mean, it's it's a coin. Like, it's not even. I'm pretty sure it's not even like real metal, but it's just a, a shitty little coin. Yeah. And you were so stoked on that stuff when you were a kid. I'm trying to remember the last thing I got like that with. A per- well, uh, Walmart. Uh, they've been selling some Christmas Blu-rays. And they have they come with mini uh, Funko Pop keychain of whatever the movie it is. Like if you bought Christmas Story, Bob, uh, uh, still don't want to say set, but if you bought the Christmas Story one, came with uh, Bunny Suit Ralphie. If you bought the uh, the but one of the Grinch movies, one came with a Grinch keychain, the other one came with Max. And uh, there was those. I know when I bought the Mick Foley DVD, it came with a Mister Sacco. Where the face is actually like sewn on, and that's rad. Yeah, I found that like I forget where, and I was like, "Oh, I'm keeping this. I have it. The sock still somewhere because I think that's so awesome." But when you mentioned that, I like I forgot about the Free Willy. I oh, I definitely forgot about the Space Jam coin. I had that and even forgot about it. But the one that I remember that you didn't mention, but you probably remember too, Indian in the cupboard. What does that come with? Uh, if I'm correct. It came with a plastic Indian. The VHS case was like a brownish 
goldish, so it kind of looked like the cupboard. And I think it came with a key that you would use to, quote, open the VHS. Like, if you get a chance, Google that. It might have came with a little cowboy, too. But I remember, like, I'd never owned Indian in the cupboard. I think I, I might have known people who did. But I remember seeing that in the store and even like, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And that that is something you don't see anymore. Uh, but of all that, I think the Free Willy one was my favorite. Like, I was never a big Free Willy fan, but I kind of wanted the necklace. Yeah, no, I was the exact same way. Um, and I, I feel like Free Willy 1 and 2 both came with something. Um, but yeah, that Space Jam coin, I, I'm trying really hard to remember the Indian in the cupboard stuff. It's It's probably been like 25 years since I've seen that movie um, but that Space Jam coin always just stuck out in my head for some, for whatever reason and uh, yeah I'm pretty sure that's in my car I'm pretty sure it's like in my center console under my parking brake um, man I just I miss stuff like that I, I'm the type of person though I get really excited when I order a shirt from somewhere and they throw in just like a sticker like just doing that is so cool to me. Yeah, it's like when I bu- I bought that stuff from Sobros, they sent me just a a bunch of stickers. Then they threw like because I did ask for it before they put it on the store the the NWO style beer koozie. Like I thought like that nice. was just so awesome. Which uh, you didn't mention this online, but I want to know if you enjoyed the stickers that came with all the shit that I sent you. Oh yeah, actually, uh, I have I. That big Twan sticker, I like. I don't want to put that on anything because I'm afraid, like, if I do, I'm either going to lose it, it's going to mess up the sticker, or, like, I almost just want to, like, I don't know if I can find a frame for that, but, like, that sticker is incredible. Like, that's probably my favorite sticker that I have. Like, when I was working on the stuff to send to you, every time, like, a new sticker would come up, and be passed around AIW, I would be like, or like, give me two, because like, I wouldn't tell people why, but I'm like, there was that. So like, there one was the, the John Cena thrift store jobber sticker, and mm-hmm. then the other one was the Big Twan Tucker one. The only one that you missed out on that came out uh, just after this last AIW show is Stacy, bringing him back up again. He had holographic stickers made of the tiger painting at Our Lady of Mount Carmel, if you remember it. Oh, my God. Yeah. And ironically, like, it was passed out at the last Our Lady of Mount Carmel show. Man. Yeah, that, that's... It's the crazy things that, like, people come up with for stickers, but yeah. Like, because I know when you posted it, like, you posted, like, all the VHSs and everything, which is cool, but I'm like, you didn't mention that. <laughs> the, the, the stickers, because I'm like, the stickers was, like, this really cool just added bonus. No, I I actually have... Where are they? They should be on this table. Where are they? I have so much random stuff on this table. Where are they? The are they in there? The big oh, Twan shit, stickers. I just a bunch of pins. The the big Twan I stickers didn't know I had. are like now Twan's like sells them. That's in, Part he of, should. Yeah. I almost feel like that should be an eight by ten. Yeah, he should get it done as an eight by ten. That'd be fucking. Right. He that's the thing. He's so animated. I love him. Man, uh, do you want to hear a funny story about his match with Brett from PWF? Well, actually, I think he told you. Did he tell me on the show or did he tell me privately? I can't remember. So, all right, I'm just going to tell you because I don't think Brett's going to have an issue with me telling you. 
Uh, if, if he does, he can take it up with you, not me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fine. I've been punched by him several times. <laughs> um, so he's, he's like, tell me about the match. Because every time Brett has a match, I try to always check in with him to see how it goes. Mm. Um, so we're talking. And he's like, yeah, Twan's a good kid. You know, he's he's really good. Um, he was like, I just I couldn't get that fire out of him. So Brett was like, we're going back and forth. And Brett hauled off and smacked the piss out of Tuan. Yeah. And Tuan's a big dude. Mm-hmm. And not many people are going to do that. But Brett smacked the shit out of Tuan. And then Tuan, like, fired up. And Brett, if you watch the video, you can see it. But Brett told me, Brett goes, I smacked the shit out of him. I saw it. He goes, he said, I looked at him. I go, there it is. Let's fucking do this. And <laughs> he was like, from that second on, he's like, I knew we were going to have a great match because I finally got it out of him. Mm-hmm. And then we just went at it. That was and awesome. I was like, that sounds about right. That was a good match. And I was happy I was there for. Yeah. I think there's a huge upside to Tuan. He's he's just starting out, just such a little baby rookie, and he he's gonna have so much room to grow. That's one thing I love about him. There's, I just found that sticker. It was under some index cards that I had on the table that I used for uh for uh ring announcing notes. God, even John Bourne's face in this in this picture is just <laughs> incredible because he just has like the nastiest look on his face oh, from yeah. what you can see. And Tuan's face is just like pure terror. If I'm correct, I believe it's a, it's a picture taken by Caden. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, man, that's such a good sticker. I'm, I just, I'm so afraid to put it on anything. This, I'm put this, it right there. This is something that I've mentioned. Like, I think it's crazy. You can talk about like nostalgia stuff coming back. Pins. When the fuck did this become a thing? Like, I, I asked the question on Twitter, but everybody was giving me more of like a. Maybe from. I feel like you caught shit for that, dude. I caught so much shit, and then like I wasn't. Context is one thing. Like, written context can be taken so many different ways. And I was just going, like, looking back at a question going, man, I grew up with pins. Like, my dad had them on his hat and everything. Like, it was more like patriotic stuff. But I I remember as a kid going to our local fair, and there was always places where you could buy pins and just whatever you wanted. Like, you could find a pin for it. Right. And I'm trying to figure out, like, what caused this resurgence in them and people were giving me like well because they're cheap to make and uh what were some of the other reasons like they were giving me reasons more from like why people were buying them now and i'm like okay i get it but like when did this become like popular to sell that's i look at it as the the razor ramon shirt that shirt was just was an obscure shirt like i remember loving it as a kid and then a kardashian wears it and Everybody wants it, and WWE brings it back out. So I look at, okay, a Kardashian wearing it is what causes spike. Where's that spike for pins? What was it? Like, I don't hate it. I'm just looking back at it like, man, you would have told me when I was a teenager that everybody would be buying pins, and, like, you can get them everywhere. Like, even, you know, WWE selling them at shows. Uh, football games are now selling selling them at the stadiums for the games, and I'm like, where where did this come from? Yeah, it's it's really strange. And I say it's really strange as I'm looking at that same table where I just found that big Twan sticker. And let me just let me look at the pins that I have on this table. Um I've got a giant screen uh, ghost face from Scream enamel pin. I have a uh 
Monsters Outside Legacy of Nostalgia VHS pin. Uh, I've got a Macho Madness pin from my friend uh, Eric, who does Gypsy Curse pins. Mm-hmm. I have a Sup pin, because even we hopped on the train. <laughs> I have another Scream pin. Like, dude. Oh, this one's actually really cool. Um, so, it's this Ghoulsville enamel pin and it's like this devil face and like the style of like the old Halloween masks where they're just like the plastic masks with the string mm-hmm. that goes like over the back of your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brittany and I both got one in Salem. I think she got the Bride of Frankenstein and I got like this devil one. Dude, like it, honestly, it's, it's a really good question because I don't even know and I have quite like my whole backpack is covered in pins at this point but like I could even tell you what sparked the resurgence in enable pins. It's insane. Is it like the progression of buttons? Because I mean, I, I felt like that's all I can really think of. Yeah, like for a while, that's what a, like a lot of people had. That was like you can get these little buttons, like Hot Topic. I mean, they still have it to where you know there's just a bowl or a, a big container of like all right, there's a bunch of pins you can get them or buttons for small ones or three for a quarter or however much they are anymore. I don't even, or five for a dollar, whatever. And like, I look at my message, my newer messenger bag that I'm starting to take to shows. And like, I have some of my loot crate pins, which I think that was something that helped spike it. Uh, and then other pins, but then I have like buttons. Like I have a Marion Fontaine button. I have a kick out of two, I have two buttons and then like I have a Veda button now like nobody's doing buttons but now we're on pins which I mean if that's what it is fine but it's just a weird question that I'm really trying to like what caused it me being me uh, I still have a huge huge love for like those buttons Uh, because like when I was going to punk and hardcore shows if you bought a shirt you would get like essentially a handful of buttons for free. Uh, and it would be just to like give to your friends. The same would be for like stickers, but buttons were always really cool. Uh, even though I had nothing to put them on except for like hoodies and shit. But, and I actually somewhere, I still have a bunch of old buttons from when I was going to punk and hardcore shows. Uh, but I just put out those wing ripoff logos that my friend Jason made for us. And I think we're going to do one on a shirt. And I think the other one, it, it's just to be, it's such a good logo. I don't want to waste it. So I think whatever design we don't put on a shirt, I'm just dead ass going to put it on a button and just give them away. I think it's kind of funny because that's reminds me of like when I first met you and you had some kick out of two pins and you're just like, all right, here's a bunch. Bye. <laughs> Okay, not buy, but like, yeah, man. You, you gave me a bunch, and I like, I still have them. Like, I have two of them that are sitting on that are on my bag, which I, I have some pins that I need to go through. I have like almost all my loot crate pins, and I've been a loot crate subscriber for the WWE one since it started coming out, and about six months before that for the original form of loot crate. So I have like a bunch of pins that I could add to stuff that I don't. Me just, like, me giving you those pins is just, like, me being stuck in that, like, punk rock hardcore mentality of, like, well, if I give these to people and they give them to friends, then, you know, that's just, you know, word of mouth, basically. You know, it's just going to help spread the word so I don't lose anything. Making buttons, like, 
costs next to nothing. I think you can get like a hundred made for twenty bucks. I mean, I'm probably going to do that in the next few weeks. Uh, It's just like I don't know. I love little shit like that, like Mm. enamel pins and buttons and patches. Used to be a big thing for me. I used to buy a bunch of patches and stickers. Uh, I don't know what it is. Like I, 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 I remember you asking that question on Twitter about enamel pins though and I'm actually very curious to know what sparked the resurgence yeah I would love if anybody can tell us I would love to know I I don't know how to do it but I know like you can look up like Google search history and then Mm -hmm. you can like see like where it spikes like I remember watching a video on fidget spinners and it talked about how like you know it wasn't a term that was you know, Googled a lot prior to like the boom. And then like when the boom happened, like you've seen the spike where uh, like little bit, little bit, little bit, and then just thousands upon thousands of people are Googling what the fuck a fit spinner is. So like, where did this go with enamel pins? Like, yeah, it was around in the eighties. It was around in the nineties. It was around in the two thousands, but like they weren't a big thing. So it's, it's definitely a question that I have. And I know, it's. I think I'm gonna eventually do pins for wrestling cheers. I'm not 100 percent sure yet. The thing that I'm working on, and they're getting done. I'm hope to have them as of this recording. I hope to have them by the end of the week, or end of when this gets released by the end of the week. Is uh, I'm getting wrestling cheers glasses and well pint glasses and beer koozies made. Like I'm getting a small pint glasses and beer koozies, man. Like. I'm, I forget the price that I figured I'm going to sell them for. I have a separate price for both, but I want people just to buy them together for a discounted yeah. price because it's actually like I'm thinking I'm selling them uh, four dollars for the koozie, eight dollars for the glass, but together ten, just because like I want I just rather sell them. Like I want to sell the pint glasses really for ten, and then be able to say here's the koozie. But some people are like, well, I don't want the koozie. I'm like, well, just fucking take it. <laughs> like I have a stack of koozies and I think over the past like year and a half like that's been the one like if I'm going to put wrestling chairs on something it's going to be something that's like somewhat related it's going to be a pint glass and a beer koozie like I think that's yeah, awesome I mean, that really makes sense for like the whole cheers aspect plus yeah. like I feel like those are just really cool pieces of merch mm-hmm. uh, I remember when I saw Matt Tremont wrestle live he had uh, beer signs, yeah, or not signs, but like, um, like beer mugs, basically. Yeah. And uh, I always thought that was really cool. I think somebody else just did that too. I can't think of who it was though. Like the the clear gla- uh, glass beer mugs. Yeah, like with yeah. the the handle on them, like whenever they like give you like a frosty mug or whatever. He had those. I wish I could remember who else did it. Somebody else did it recently. Uh, maybe it was Mance. Maybe not. Maybe I'm. Maybe that's wishful thinking on my part. <laughs> that but, sounds uh, right, but I don't know if it is right. Just because Manson, um, you know, beer mug. Oh yeah, Mister Larry, it's in light beers. <laughs> Having that dude at Sup has been incredible. God, there's there's so many people I want to see at Sup. Before I go back to the mug thing, when I uh, the printer that I have making these is the girl that I went to uh, high school with. Um. I told her I want to do pine glasses, and she was like, well, do you want the, the mugs with the handles? And I'm thinking, 
I might have you just do a couple for like me. But I'm like, nah, I'm like, pine, <laughs> pine glasses look cool. I actually have a promotional pine glass that I got off of a local radio station, radio show. So I'm looking at I'm like, I kind of like that whole thing. But yeah, fucking like, what's up with some of those people? Dude, I wish Magnum would have got to come down there. Magnum was, uh, was somebody that I wanted down here real bad. And, uh, when I saw Magnum, <clears throat> funny story, Magnum is actually somebody that I've never met. But, uh, when I saw him on AIW, um, and with the production, <clears throat> I fell in love with the character and him and I talked, you know, had him on the podcast. Yeah. He told me about marking out, watched that, um, and him and I just stayed in pretty close contact, didn't talk all the time. But mm. whenever I was like going through some shit, he would always check on me. Yeah. Um, and he's just such, such a good dude. Um, and I, I feel like anybody who's met him or talked to him just knows how good of a person he is. And I, he's one of the few people, and this is really rare. He's one of the few people in wrestling I don't think I've ever heard anything negative about. And, I think there's a handful of people you can say that about in the world of wrestling. Um, but yeah, he is someone we had plans for into the, this is like exclusive shit. Uh, <laughs> we had plans for him in 2019, uh, to bring him in. And, uh, we were going to feature him as a singles wrestler. Um, and just like really, you know, get behind him down here. Cause I feel like personally, like me, if I saw him down here and I wasn't like running sup, I would have just fallen in love with his whole character, the whole show. I yeah. feel like it would have been a perfect fit because it's like, it's kind of out there for what we do, but it's also not because if you look like Cabana Man Dan or like, uh, even Mance, like we do have guys who have like their own shtick. Magnum would have been one of those guys who just came in and like, you look at it, like I look at Dan and I get it. I look at Mance, I get it. I look at uh, Magnum, and it just it makes perfect sense. Like he should be larger than life, and he is. And he's also just one of the best dudes in the world. Like I've always just pictured him doing the full entrance, like arms out and everything, like like at a at a bar, and with no barricade. Like I think that would have gone over well. Well, I don't know if everybody would have liked it, but like, still, like, just I think they would have gotten into it. Like, I know when that was announced, that was one of the things I thought of. Like, oh man, he's never going to get another Southern Underground Pro. That would, that would just be the dream right there. Yeah, we we really wanted to find a way to work him in 2019, and that was one of the things that we had talked about. And then when we saw that, it was just like, fuck, like, you know, it. I would rather him be healthy and be able to, you know, spend time with his family yeah. and, you know, play with his kids than come down for a couple of shows for us, mm -hmm. you know, because it, it's just bigger picture stuff, man. Like when you meet somebody or when you talk to somebody who's that genuine and that nice, you automatically just want the best for them and want them to be happy and successful in whatever path they choose, whether it's, you know, wrestling or, you know, theater and family life or, you know, whatever it is. Like I have no doubt in my mind that whatever, whatever Magnum puts his mind to, he's going to be great at it. And just knowing that makes me happy. All right. We've, we've talked for an, an awful long time. Uh, we, 
We need to start wrapping this show up, and let's get into the Fave 5 Questions. Hey, this is Booker T, five-time champ, and this is the Fave 5 Questions. Now, can you dig it? All right. Question number one. Since you are a Halloween guy, I figured this is fitting. Adam's family or the Munsters? Ooh, I think uh, this might throw some people off, but Munsters. Really? Okay. Yeah, I love the Munsters, man. I grew up watching the Munsters with my mom on TV land. Uh, and, like, I don't get me wrong, I love the Adams Family, love the movies, love the cartoon. For some reason, though, the Munsters, I think maybe it's because, like, the Adams Family was pretty accessible. Yeah. Uh, like, the cartoon was and the movies, I feel like, were always on. And then the video games. But for me, like, Munsters was, like, straight up just TV land. Um. So I've always kind of been a person where if it's easily accessible, I like it. But if it's not as easily accessible, I'm in love with it. And like even now, the Monsters DVD set, it's like more than I want to pay. Um, so yeah, I'm a Monsters guy. It's definitely a question. There's no right or wrong answer because I feel like they're almost the same. They have their their differences, but. Whatever you pick is whatever you pick. I think when I I did this on Facebook, I think I'm more monsters. I like I do like Adam Sandler though, but I'm more monsters. Unless you're Brett and you think I say Adam Sandler, so <laughs> I heard that and I laughed so hard because I was like, I was like, I know. I was like, I'm 90% sure he's not a Monsters guy. And, like, I feel like his answer sounded like he was going towards Monsters, but it didn't really make sense. Yeah. And then when it got clarified, I was like, that's incredible. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, here's a question we don't ask too much, but a uh, perfect way to use it. When you sleep at night, uh, do you sleep with your door open or door closed? <sighs> um. If I can, closed. Uh, I like freezing cold and pitch black, but I have a cat. Uh, oh, God. So yeah. if she if she's settled in, I can like sneak my way up and shut the door, and she'll pretty much be fine. Uh, but if she's not in bed by the time I lay down or like by the time I'm about to fall asleep, then I have to keep it open at least until I know she's in and I get up to go to the bathroom, then I can shut it. Uh, but I prefer shut. Yeah, I've I've been a shut person my whole life, and then when me and my girlfriend moved in together, she was an open, so that was a fun like, what are we gonna do? And then eventually, like we we agreed on like, all right, we'll do it with the door shut. And then when we got the new cat, uh, for a while, like every so we had to go back and forth because we kept Zul and Dexter separate. Like if there was a night for where Zul was in the bedroom. Dexter was in our other bathroom, like chilling there. But if Dexter was in with us, Zul was in her cage in in my office. Eventually, everybody came to like be fine. But Dexter, his big thing is, oh god, he annoys me with this. He's he's a one of those like talking cats, where like he could be he could be like off on his own, and you just hear from another word room. Yep. and he'll do the same thing when like we're in bed. Where it's it's not necessarily that he wants out, because if I close let him out, he'll eventually just like be on the other side of the door doing the exact same thing. It's like him just talking. Yep. Or there's times where he, we'll be in the living room, he'll be in the dining room, like looking at the tree, just meowing, like he's talking to it. Oh. It's like, oh my god, dude. dude. <laughs> like my cat, if 
if I open the door in the middle of the night and let her out and shut it, I won't just get the meow from the other side. She'll stick her paw under the door and like <laughs> wiggle the door. So I have to get up. Yeah, Dexter's She's so needy. Yeah, Dexter will do that too. And especially when he was a kitten, whether whatever room he would be in, or even like times like I would be in our um main bathroom, like our uh that we have connected to the room, like my mm-hmm. girlfriend would be sleeping and I would be like in there like doing whatever and I'd like close the door. And like I have like pictures and video of Dexter kind of like reaching his hand, his paw under the door, kinda like, Hey, what are you doing in there? Like you're not out Why here with me. I be in there? Yeah. And it's just like, dude, I'm going to be out in like two minutes. Like everything's going to be fine. But yeah, um, that's, it always fun because I, like I said, I grew up being closed. And when I found out like, oh no, like people sleep with door, their door open. I'm like, why? Like, I hate it. I hate it so much. Like no light, no, no heat, just like freezing cold. One usually like. It's weird. Like, even if I'm hot, I have to have something on me, like a sheet or something. Yep. So I usually try to keep it as cold as possible. And, uh, like, even in the wintertime, if we have the heat on, I have the fan on. I have to have it on. Oh, same. Um, so, like, I'll have, like, I have one blanket that I sleep with, and I'm usually fine with it. Uh, but, yeah, just dark and cold. Like, essentially, I want it to be in a cave indoors. With all, with all like, the, uh, the luxuries of, like, civilization, like, you know, indoor water, like running water, mm-hmm. just like essentially put me in a cave with like running water and electricity and I'm good. Greatest thing ever was, let me see. It was from when I was 19 to probably 23, 24. Uh, my parents lived in this, this house and the basement was furnished and that's where like my room was. So I had this like corner room of the basement. The only window that I had was like those really thick square windows, like that oh, you get kind of at the man. bottom. I'm already and, jealous. I know exactly where this is going. Uh, so that window was really easy to cover up. And I worked at that point. I worked third shift, so I was sleeping a lot during the day. Oh. I would get the best sleep of my life. Like, I would sleep for just hours, like maybe a good 10, 12 hours every so once in a while. Man. And people would go, I don't know how you could, you sleep like that in there. And then I had someone else, like, sleep in there. Like, okay, I get it. Like, because it's pitch black. And, like, you wake up and you're just like, if you feel tired, you can go right back to sleep. It's like a sleep deprivation chamber almost. Yeah. Oh. I. Or not a sleep deprivation chamber. That's not. Yeah. (laughs) What it is at all. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I know you meant. I know you meant. All right, uh, question number three. How do you feel about ketchup on hot dogs? Um, no. Mustard, relish, and onions. Okay. I think, I think, and I'm more than happy to be corrected here, but I think that's Chicago style. That's what one of my chefs told me. He's from Chicago. So, I mean, that could be wrong. And also, that could be matter of opinion. Uh, but that is actually how I prefer my hot dogs is mustard, relish, and onions only. I feel like Chicago style is anything but ketchup. Yeah. Which is pretty much like the, if you could put whatever you want on a hot dog, but if you say ketchup, they look at you like you're crazy. I wonder what they feel about, which I don't know if you knew about this in Cleveland, which on a side note, we need to get you guys back up here. There's a lot of great Cleveland yeah. stuff I need to introduce you to, but there was a place right by uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel called Happy Dog. 
it, it might be the signature dish, Happy Dog, but one of the ones they're well known for is just a simple hot dog with the topping of, are you ready for this? Fruit Loops. Let's get it. Fruit Loops? Fruit Loops. I'd try that. <laughs> I'd never got a chance I, to try it, but that's, yeah, that's what they're known for. And people I like it. That. Yeah. That, I, I'm, a, I'm a sweet and savory guy, so that makes perfect sense to me. So I'm I'm pineapple on pizza, so that makes sense to me. Well, that's that's fine. I need I could add that as a question, but I don't know. Some people are really really crazy about it. Me, you probably uh, start World War Three with that one. Uh, my favorite barbecue chicken pizza has pineapple on it, so I'm like, hey, like it's great on a pizza. Like, do I want it on all my pizza? No, but I'll eat it. Like, it's not horrible. Fuck, now I want pizza. <laughs> All right, let's get into the question number four, which is the AJ Gray question. I forgot to prep you for it, but I figured you've listened. You've figured this was coming. Any unpopular opinions that you have that everybody else just don't seem to agree with you? Oh, man, are you ready for this? I can drop a few on you. <laughs> All right. And I feel like it's needed because I feel like everybody's like, I don't really have a hot take. <laughs> All right, here's some for you. Pineapple does go on pizza. Cheeseless pizza is incredible. Ooh. Uh, Pepsi over Coke all day. Root beer sucks. Um, oh, chocolate chip and mint, like chocolate and mint, don't go together. Ooh. Oh man, I'm making enemies tonight. Cheese <laughs> uh, is better than Wawa. I know. Oh yeah, Wawa. Wawa <laughs> goat. Um, the funny thing is, that's two like questions that I don't ask all the time. But one is Pepsi or Coke, and the other one is Sheets or Wawa, or a third option. Oh, yeah. Pepsi over Coke, for sure. Uh, Wawa over Sheets, for sure. Every single time for me. Um, I had another one. Oh, man. Is it bone in over home bone? Bone, bone, I mean, bone out? Three is good. Yeah. That funny thing is, because you mentioned it, I went out and bought the five-movie box set on DVD. Oh, man. Well, I'm here's, so sorry. No, here's the thing. I bought it because I thought I just owned one and two. And then when I was uh -huh. pulling all my Christmas DVDs out, turns out the one box set I, I had before it on DVD was one, two, and three. And I'm like, oh, I already have three. And we I ate. bet it's the same multi-pack that I had because I found one at Target years ago. Uh, and it's like a cardboard case with like two slim DVDs. Oh, actually, wait, I, never mind. I think this had a four in it. The five one, I think, had like had five slim DVDs. I forget what I know the they put out. Has. They put out one recently that's like a um, like a canister case almost. Yeah. That was like a special edition one? I thought that was like a special edition for one. Yeah. If four and five didn't completely blow, I would buy that. But you lost me after three. Three, three is good. Um, I'm planning on rewatching that for the first time in like probably close to 20 years. Look, <laughs> if... If you don't like it after you watch it, if, after you rewatch it, watch Home Alone 4. Then you will appreciate Home Alone 3 <laughs> as kind of a standalone. And you will fully understand how much of dog shit Home Alone 4 is. And I'm going to tell you, I've even attempted to watch the fifth one. And, ooh, buddy, is it one of the worst things I've ever laid eyes on. Wow. Um, do I have any more hot takes? I think I covered the big ones. 
Well, if, um, if we want to go over questions that I didn't ask you, do you prefer uh, Bone Out over Bone In? Because everybody says Bone In, except for probably Wolfman, who hasn't been on the show. Um, I prefer traditional wings. Okay. But I will eat boneless chicken nugget tenders. I figured I'd cover all grounds on that last <laughs> that one. Was, that's what I, was I just thinking. don't want to put in the work, and I just want to stab it with a fork and put it in my mouth. Uh, so, I mean... I do prefer traditional, okay. but I will eat a boneless tender nugget. I think that would be the only of the other ones questions. That's the only like could be a hot take because other ones it's like a good 50 50 split. You're not really an unpopular opinion. Yeah, I'm, I know I have more, but I just I can't think of them off the top of my head. But I, I definitely have some hot takes. <laughs> All right, question number five, which this this is interesting. This is the Wilkman question from a podcast. You, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Kick Out of Two. Um, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Um, I think that if you want Die Hard to be, a, and this is a, this sounds like a total cop out. I think I know where you're I, going, and it is. If you want Die Hard to be a Christmas movie, I'm all for it. If you don't think Die Hard is a Christmas movie, I also understand that. I. I don't I don't think I really care. Um it's also been quite a long time since I've watched Die Hard. Uh so maybe maybe I'll give it a rewatch over the next week and I'll I'll take to Twitter and say if if I'm more Christmas movie or not. I'll give it a, a real solid rewatch soon and I'll I'll really weigh in on that one. When I when I DM Wilkman, what am I supposed to say your answer was? <laughs> Oh, just for confrontation purposes, uh, tell them it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> okay. I, I, I will do that. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to... You might get his response before I do. He's <laughs> like, what? Just, <laughs> Traitor. Betrayal. <laughs> He's going to post his resignation to kick out it, too. <laughs> and Southern Underground Pro. <laughs> like, screw this up. Man, maybe, maybe I should have went... Uh, maybe I should have went not Christmas movie, because he did keep me from going to jail in Delaware. So... Uh. Nah, fuck it. We'll go Christmas movie. <laughs> it's better this way. I I kind of go with like kind of what you're saying. Like if if you think it is, that's fine. I don't think it is, but I'm not like trying to force people to watch Christmas movies. And I hope no one's coming into, you know, my house and telling me what I can and can't watch for Christmas. I, you, if you want to watch Spice World and say that's a Christmas movie, that's fine. You do that on your own. But you know. I'm going to watch, you know, Jingle All the Way, Home Alone 1, 2, Santa Claus, Bad Santa. I'm not going to watch, not even Batman Returns, and I'm a huge Batman fan, but that's how I view it. If you want to watch Die Hard, Rocky 4, Gremlins, Batman Returns, be like, these are my Christmas movies. Hell yeah, man. Long, long as it makes you I, happy. I'm going to throw one at you real quick. You know, Die Hard has spawned off, you know, all these... Is this a Christmas movie? Is this a Christmas movie? You know the one I've not heard anyone mention? Huh. Mean Girls. Oh. There's the the Christmas talent show where they do Jingle Bell Rock. I'm just saying, man. If you're if you're gonna let somebody slide, maybe maybe consider Mean Girls, which is one of the greatest movies of all time. I've often said too, like, what about Step Brothers? The divorce happens yeah. on Christmas. Man, I didn't even think about Step Brothers. There's so many movies with like Christmas scenes, and you're like, I mean, do you let it slide? Because uh, if you let Die Hard slide, mm-hmm. you know what? What? What is your? 
what's your your rule here? What's your judgment? You know, how do you how do you pick and choose? I, I feel, don't know, man. For me, like it has to embody the Christmas spirit. Which the, that's fair. The thing is, that's not something you can measure. People can watch Die Hard, be like, well, that that's the Christmas spirit. Like to me, it's not. And that's where I draw the line. That's something I mentioned with, I think it was Koo, is how a friend of mine brought this up years ago. And it's a really good point. Like, there's Christmas movies and there's holiday movies. Something could be a Christmas movie, but you're like, the Christmas spirit stuff, that's more of your holiday stuff. So. That's fair. It's however you want to view it. But at the end, I mean, end of the day, if just watch whatever you want to watch. Yeah, like, okay, here's a really good question. Like, what? Halloween movies are all horror movies. Halloween movies, like, let's think about it. Oh, not to like open that can of worms, but you know, like, what really is a Halloween movie? I've always considered most horror movies to be Halloween movies, but same. I guess someone could be like, "Well, that's not really Halloween. That's just more like like just a slasher movie." Like one one series we both love, you know, Saw. Like, that's a Halloween movie to a lot of people because, A, those came out every October. They are, you know, a bunch of blood and gore, and that's something associated with Halloween. So, you know, Halloween movie, but what other than that, what makes it a Halloween movie or Halloween series? You know, while we're on the topic of horror movies, one thing that I want from Wrestling Cheers is for you to have John Thorne on and for him just to rank his favorite slasher movies. I don't know. Because I think if anybody has close to the same taste in movies as me, it's him. I might pull the trigger on that one day. The funny thing is, there was at one point I wanted to get Thorn on, but as I wanted to get Thorn and Biggins on years ago. It was right as we were losing the old AIW venue called Turner's Hall, and right before mm-hmm. they, they started going to Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And I was going to do a whole podcast where they got to talk about everything that was going on. Uh, they ended up getting fucked over by the people who own Turner's Hall because at first they were like, oh, we're shutting it down. And then they ended up selling it because AIW, oh. AIW was trying to buy it. And then they, they said, no, we're not. We're not. First, they were like, no, we're not going to sell it. And then they're like, oh, no, we're selling it. And AIW was just not to you. Yeah, basically. And AIW was like, well, we're not going to talk about this anymore because that's basically what I was told. They were like, yeah, we got fucked over. And if I'm correct, if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, I'm getting things mixed up. But I, basically the whole premise was they got pissed and they did not want to be associated with Turner's All anymore. Like they didn't want to talk about it. So I was like, all right, fine. So that kind of went out the window. I can see that. I, I can see why they wouldn't want to really give them any publicity. Yeah. Never had Biggins on my podcast, but, you know, shows up on your podcast. <laughs> Man, honestly, like, you want to know a really funny story about that? I really wanted Biggins on. I really wanted Biggins and Thorn on, but, like, I gravitated to, towards Biggins, uh, and he was just, like, super cool and nice to us. I was actually piss drunk when I asked him to be on the podcast. Like, I don't remember if that was night one or night two of... I think it was night two of uh, Double Dare. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> Brittany and I had been drinking pretty much all damn day because we had Jollyville Fuckets on. And uh, I bought a 12-pack, not thinking that they were in a tag team tournament and they had to wrestle multiple times that night. Uh, but I asked them what, what beer they drank and they said Bud Light. So I went and got a 12-pack of Bud Light. And they're like, we can't drink. We have to wrestle multiple times. And I just looked at Brittany and I go, fuck, we have to drink all this beer. 
<laughs> and then I just kept drinking throughout the night and I stumbled over to Biggins and just started talking to him about Southern wrestling. And then I was like, it'd be really cool to have you on my podcast. He's like, I don't typically do podcasts, but you seem pretty nice. And we just hit it off and fucking miss Biggins, man. I I honestly think about him probably once a month where there's something that comes up maybe. And recently it's been like Southern wrestling or uh, trying to collect DVD, not DVDs, but uh, magazines and wrestlers. Not wrestling. It's getting late. I'm starting to fumble up my words. Uh, wrestling figures, stuff that I knew that he would buy on off eBay, buy just a massive amounts of and sell. Like something that I was so happy that I bought at the Rubber City Comic Con or Rubber City Con is an Ultimate Warrior uh, comic book. Oh wow. Probably a couple shows before Biggin's last show, I told him, like, dude, I had that as a kid. I'm I'm looking for it. Like, do you know if you have it? He's like, yeah, it's, it's in here somewhere, man. Just got, like, give me a heads up and I'll look for it. And, like, we'll have it every time I'd get a hold of him before a show. It wouldn't be enough time and he'd, he'd not get a chance to look. And Damn. then I, I happened to be flipping through a lot of the magazines at Rubber City Con. And I actually found two in the collection. And one was for like two bucks. The other one was for 10. The $10 one, or should say the $2 one, had an address label on it. The $10 one didn't, but they were trying to get rid of some of the stuff. So I ended up buying it for five. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So that's like, that's sitting, that's like on my wall. To me, it's like, I, I love the warrior at that time. I was, I'm a somewhat fan of, you know, the warrior character, but I also look at it as this was the last thing I asked Biggins for to find for me. And, like, I, I know I have a handful of things in my collection of stuff that I, I bought off him, whether it be, you know, some magazines, some figures, or, uh, like, you know, Best of Backyard Wrestling 1 through 4. Like, I remember going up, and all four of them were sitting there at the table, and I'm like, oh, dude, like, how much are these? And he, I got told him, like, dude, I want them. So. I still have the one thing that I bought from him, which was an old, like, the promotion, old wrestling DVD. Okay, yeah. That's a, I, I love that they're on Powerbomb. <laughs> we wanted to go to one of their shows real bad, and we were still doing the podcast uh, just because it's so fascinating and so different and fun. Again, you guys need to come up here, back up here. <laughs> no, you're right. Like, it's it's definitely something that I want to do. Like, I like the Cleveland area a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, now we have a bunch of friends up there. Um so it would really just make sense for us to make a weekend. Maybe we could do that when Brady comes back is when I get off work one Friday, we can just drive up and spend a weekend up there. I mean, Jayla weekend's going to be coming up. Uh... Fuck. I would like, we'll we'll talk about my schedule off here. I won't, I won't bore the people with it. Okay. All right. Uh, question number six, which I, I tailor around our guest. Didn't really come up with one for you, but let's go off top of my head. If you were to pick one VHS from your childhood, you don't necessarily have to have it in your collection right now. Which one is your favorite and why? Oh, one VHS from my childhood. Oh, man. Damn, that's a good question. Okay. Actually, I have an answer. From my childhood that I had, uh, probably, and it's one that I don't have now that I can't find, um... The Mortal Kombat animated movie. I used to wear that tape out. God, that ha- that would have to be expensive if you could find it now. 
I I haven't been able to find it like in the wild, and that's one thing I really like to do is just find my stuff in the wild. There's a few that I'll break down and buy when I see like on Facebook or something because I'm in a bunch of VHS groups on Facebook. <laughs> um, there's a couple that I'll like break down and buy for a reasonable price, but there's some that I just refuse to break down and buy online. One of them was Halloween too. I was like, I'm gonna find this, and sure shit, I found it over the weekend. Um, I found it in the wild, but I can't find that Mortal Kombat tape, and it is driving me insane. Because like, who the fuck wants to watch that? And nobody but me. If you're out there, please let me know because we can talk about this and what I don't remember from it. But I just remember wearing that tape out as a kid. What was your reaction to some of the ones that I sent you? Oh, dude. Uh, so that nine seven six evil movie. Uh, I had no idea, but apparently that's worth like fifteen bucks. Uh, Faces of Death is always something that has fascinated me because I've always heard it's real and I've heard that it's not real and I don't know what to believe. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm actually in the process of trying to get like a tube TV for a reasonable price and maybe a new VCR. I'm trying to figure out if my VCR is shit the better if it's the TV that we have. Um, but that's probably the first thing that I'm going to watch when I get that all set up is that faces a death and kind of come up with my own opinion. Um, you also sent me a Goosebumps. No, you sent me all the Goosebumps, which is cool because I'm actually going to a friend's house tomorrow as of recording this, and we're going to do a VHS trade. Um, so I kept all the Goosebumps tapes that you sent me together, and then the two that I already had I pulled out. I'm going to take over to their house and trade, see if they if they want them for anything. Um, what else? You sent me like a best of raw. They're in the other room right now. Yeah. Uh, you sent me all the goosebumps. There's the Simpsons, nine, seven, six, evil faces of death. Best of raw. The raw and the Simpsons ones were out of my collection. Really? Yeah. That Simpsons one got me super excited. Cause if I'm not mistaken. That's like in a hard plastic case, right? Yeah. That those two I bought when our, our movie gallery was getting out of the VHS business and just going strictly to dvd and i remember buying those two yeah i i don't know what it is but like those old plastic cases i love those things yeah and the raw one was cool because um when i used to go to tna as a kid my mom met this girl that she became friends with and ended up working with and she was a huge wrestling fan uh and she had like, there was a box set, I think, Best of Raw, and then there were, like, individual tapes, too, and she had both of them. And I remember sitting, when we would go over to her place, I remember sitting in the living room and watching that while her and my mom would do whatever. Uh, and I wore those tapes out like crazy whenever we were there. I would just finish one, put another one in, finish one, put another one in, obviously rewind in between. But, yeah, when I saw that, I got real stoked. And actually... uh I've actually slowed down on getting wrestling tapes, but the other day I bought two FMW tapes for $5 shipped, and I'm really excited about that. I should be getting those in the next day or two. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this show up. <laughs> this has been a... taking up a lot of your time. <laughs> uh, a little Christmas gift to the fans. So uh, any uh, final thoughts or last-minute plugs before we go for you? Uh, just, I mean, thank you so much for doing this entire month. Uh, like I said earlier, it's it's just crazy that we've had 
enough of an impact where somebody who's roughly like eight hours away wants to, de- to dedicate an entire month of, you know, podcasting time in which they could, you know, have anyone on. Uh, so just thank you to you and thank you to anybody who takes the time to, uh, talk about us on their podcast because whether it's five people listening or, you know, 5,000, it's, it's always, you know, super cool to hear that somebody wants to take their time out to spotlight us in any, any way. Um, so just thank you. Uh, and I'm looking forward to having you down in January for the sub show. I am King. That's going to be ridiculous. Um, and if, you know, if you guys want to follow us up, it's at SUP underscore G-R-A-P-S on Twitter and Instagram. And if for whatever reason you want to keep up with me, it's at Righteous Jesse on Twitter and Instagram. Like like we've had conversations of, like, this wasn't the original plan for the month, but in all honesty, I prefer this like this. The, the other person that I wanted on, you know, fine, whatever, you know, that fell through, but... Like looking back at just like the interview I had with Koo, like I'm, I was really happy with that, and that's like I didn't necessarily plan to have him on, and I I think it was awesome. I think it was better than I could even imagine, and to do the to have all four interviews, you were a last minute addition, and I wanted, like I said, I wanted it to be secret. Uh, I want it to be a surprise. I want it to release on Christmas Day because of the history. And it just kind of goes to show you, you know, sometimes, you know, you have misunderstandings in your life. And sometimes there's all these ill will or these just problems that happen. And if you can throw everything away and just start over, I would suggest to do it. Like, right, I, I have people that I know that I have issues with that. I'll probably never throw away, but it has nothing to do with ill will. It just has to do with maybe moving past a point in my life. But, you know, as, as bad as I feel for all of that, that happened between us, I'm, I'm grateful from where we've moved on to. And now it's like, it's even better. We don't text all the time, but we text enough. And, uh, I've even said like that whole thing was a learning experience from me because, uh, you know, I, I wasn't getting DMs back and I felt disrespected. Now I don't get like the person that I wanted on. I didn't get a message back from them. I said, okay, that's how it's going to be fine. I'm just going to move on. I'm going to have no ill will. There's going to be none of that. So it's like maybe a thank you for like, uh, and I've now learned from, from that experience. I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm just glad we were able to move past it. And, you know, we've, we've gained friends out of this and it's, it's been really cool to see everything that it, and even in a weird way, like kind of be a part of the ride, you know, say everything you've done with wrestling cheers and how you've been so dedicated to it. And, you know, the last year of kick out of two has been real, you know, splotchy and hit and miss. And so it's been cool to like, to see you be so dedicated and stick with it. And, uh, you know, I listen quite often, uh, just about every episode I, I slacked for a while with all my podcasts and I'm starting to catch back up. Yeah. Um, but it's just been really cool to hear, you know, every week you put out, you know, consistent content and it's just really cool that you, you know, you stick with to what you like. And the one I've, I've said it, you know, to Jeremy and about Jeremy, you know, about I got your five stars, but the thing that I like that you two do is if you say something, you stick to it and you know you're just honest 
And that's something I think the world could use more of is just honesty. If you don't like something, you say it and then that's it. You know, yeah. it's not like a constant burial or, you know, just dirt digging ceremony. It's just like, didn't like this, not for me, but this is cool. And I like this and this is why, and this is, you know, what I think you should check out. Um, I just, I value that in content that I consume. I want people that are going to be honest with me, whether it's their opinion or it's fact. Yeah. If, if you believe in it, I want to know about it because, you know, like we're friends. I, you know, your opinion holds weight to me. So if you don't like something for whatever reason, I want to know why. If you like something for whatever reason, I want to know why. So that's, that's a huge reason why I listen to you and Jeremy aside from the content is just the honesty behind it. It's something that I appreciate a lot. And if we can get Jeremy to watch a Tracy Smothers Colt Cabana match or a Marion oh, Fontaine wow. versus Rockstar Spud match, I'd pay for that commentary. <laughs> oh man. I would love, I think as I love Jeremy, but I think he would have a stroke, uh, doing yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but it would also be entertaining just to hear him, you know, be brutally honest about what he thinks. Like, mm. and that I, I think it's so funny when people get so caught up in other people's opinions because, like, just because they like it doesn't mean it's not good. You know, yeah, you still like it for for the reason you like it. So, yeah. just remember that just because they don't enjoy it doesn't mean you can't. Hell yeah. <sighs> and of course, uh, going into the official wrapping it up. You can find myself at Heavyset330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, just much like you can find this show at Resting Cheers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Resting Cheers, Twitter.com slash Resting Cheers, Instagram.com slash Resting Cheers, email. If you so choose a desire, Resting Cheers at gmail.com. We got a merch store over at whatamaneuver.net and kick out it too has a merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Uh, O'Shea Edwards has a merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Uh, Marco Stunt. Am I missing people? Uh, Those are the main ones I can think of. Yeah. All hashtag wham fam. And uh, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Podbean. WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, and old school at the movies. Check out our other podcasting friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Center Stage, Super Fantastic Podcast, The Road Home from Wrestling, The Dave Dynasty Show, Kick Out of Two, When They Do a Show, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, and Big Gold Belt Podcast. Check out our other non-podcasting friends, such as Thrift Store Jobber, Rebel Life Media, The Savage Dash, Set Tab Photo, powerslam.tv use wrestling cheers all one word and get your first month free and also not necessarily a friend of the show but we still have powerbomb.tv use promo code code subgraps all one word and get your first 20 days free sickening pictures ringside shots photography russell void neo sports insider midwest territory and the official graphic designer of wrestling cheers moy boy designs that will do it for us here on wrestling cheers where everybody knows your name and keep the change you filthy animal later making your way in the world today takes every
same old pro wrestling then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over a hundred of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe get your free trial today at powerslam.tv